Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker. And we have the other Alex here for his very first episode. Yeah, it was only a matter of time before you guys dragged me into one of these things. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Uh, let's. So, obviously, everyone can see from the title of this that we all watch Star Wars. Unfortunately. The one. Um, let's, before we get into everything else that we watch in order pre to prepare for this sort of beast... Let's all give our background on Star Wars. Parker, yeah, I guess you can start us off here. Well, to the surprise of no one, I was a small fat kid who spent most of his time playing with Star Wars toys. But honestly, I've only seen the movies maybe a dozen times. I've never read any of the books or comics. Books of any form, Star Wars or otherwise. But what? mostly, the fucking Disney juggernaut has killed my enthusiasm for most things. So, you know, middling expectations. The perfect way to go through life. Alex, what are your what what is your experience, your adventure with Star Wars? So I was like, I was never I I saw all the Star Wars movies like when I was a kid. I saw all of the prequels when they came out. I remember right. the weekend that we rented all three of them from Blockbuster and watched them like the original trilogy. But like I was never like a Star Wars kid, and I think this is the biggest reason that my parents never got me the Lego Millennium Falcon that I asked for for ten years in a row. So like <laughs> mom and dad, if you're listening, still a little bit mad, but uh. Like, I, I would not consider myself, like, a Star Wars fan in any way. I've never been a Star Wars character for Halloween. I never had, like, all the, the, the toys and stuff. But, like, it's something that existed in my life in some capacity. So, uh, to, say, to say I had expectations for this movie would be kind of a lie, because I never know what the fuck I'm getting from Hollywood in 2017. But I was certainly interested to see it. I will say this, I think 2017 has been a surprisingly good year for movies. Surprisingly great movie year. Like, sneaky yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking about my top ten of the year, because I can't do a top five. Because Deadpool didn't come the out. The last anyway. night. <laughs> um, anyway, as for me with Star Wars, I definitely knew about them when I was growing up. And I think I learned more about them on the playground than I did in a movie theater or on home video. We had them on VHS, and I, I think I dug them out when I was like eight years old. I was like, okay, I should try to watch this. You know, I have a sense of historicity here. And I turned it off midway through uh, Empire Strikes Back. I didn't know what was going on. I felt like kind of an idiot. And then I w went back and rewatched it, because after that I had to watch the prequel trilogy, and I had no idea what was going on. I felt even dumber. And I never had any of the toys growing up. I had a couple of the Legos, but just because I like Legos. And then I went back and rewatched it. Back in when I was in college, I was like really trying to get seriously into film. And they made a lot more sense. And I was like, okay, I can get it. I can see why they're a really big deal. 
but it had been some time, so to prepare for this, this is uh, Alex, and you know, regular listener here, he knows. This is where we talk about what we watched besides Star Wars Episode Eight: Last Jedi. I watched Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope, Star Wars Episode Five, Empire Strikes Back. I don't even know why I'm saying these subtitles. Everyone already knows them. And I watched Six, and I watched Seven, and I. Everyone already knows about those, but I also watched a little-known documentary called The People vs. George Lucas. Have you guys heard of that? Yeah. I've heard of I it, I learned yeah. from Red Letter Media. Yeah, it's, uh, it's I learned it from a, a different YouTube channel, and it is, uh, it's, it's all right. Same Critic. Say it. No, it wasn't, no. He, God no. Damn it. it was, uh, someone else. Someone almost as embarrassing. But who? It, who? who? It was Say those it. guys no, who did, like, the sound. We're not going videos. forward until we hear a name, so... <laughs> It's the Angry Joe. Twin, Got it. No, Twin. Moving on. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, Twin Perfect. Uh, anyway, it's a, it's a surprisingly good documentary. I think there are some things I disagree with, some things I agree with. I think the biggest thing for me is like, yeah, I think he did kind of fuck up the original movies with the special editions. And yeah, the prequel trilogy sucks. But that one guy ripping the toys off his wall saying, I don't like this anymore. And I especially <laughs> don't like the droids. And just tearing apart his toys. I was just like, take it easy. I, I don't know if I like anything as much as this guy likes Star Wars or used to like it. And I don't think George Lucas retroactively ruined the original movies because I went and I, I found the despecialized versions, the original theatrical versions. They're still really good movies. Episodes four and five are some of the best uh, space fantasy movies I've ever seen. Hot take. Empire Strikes Back. Good movie. <laughs> That's, you know. It's very brave of you, Chris. I, well, I can count on you guys to bring the takes. Thank you. <laughs> that, I mean, considering what we've heard about this movie, I am shocked that this is perhaps the most love it or hate it movie besides, well, I'd, I'd like to pretend that Mother doesn't exist here. Oh, besides, like, you movie, sweet summer this child. Is, this, this is no one say mother box on my podcast <laughs> this is seriously this is the most love or hate a movie i've seen in a very very long time i didn't hear any of this like reaction with the prequel trilogy and i certainly didn't hear it with the force awakens rogue one i guess but that was more of love it or well, that wasn't very good this one is real real strong love it or hate it well, it's interesting that you bring up a little movie like Mother, Chris, because a lot of the reason that Mother was so polarizing was because of the artistic direction they decided to go in with the movie. It was very clearly a movie that was supposed to be something, and you either liked what it was supposed to be or didn't. And this movie was kind of the opposite, so... Right. See, I, I kind of felt like Mother was supposed to be an art... I haven't seen it yet. It was supposed to be an art house movie, so I can see if it was polarizing. It's like some of those Michael Antonioni movies that are, where you're not really into it unless you're holding a beret or something like that but this is this is very much a product this was mass produced for the plastic audiences of the world to all raise their hands i have a name chris i'm sitting right here i don't talk about me like i'm not here this was a popcorn movie and i got some really nice popcorn i know i went to the alamo and they got like a special kind of popcorn that would have made this movie tolerable dude you should have been sitting next to me they gave me too much i couldn't finish anywhere near it you're really trying to get me riled up. You really want me to bring the takes, don't you? No. Okay. Before be we get honest. into that, Parker, do you have any news? Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. You know, I thought about it, but I feel like this episode's already going to be four and a half hours. So. Oh, good. The length of about one and a half of this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that would. It's it's probably even longer, to be honest. That fucking movie is. That movie is forever. I might still uh, be there, guys. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, Does that's Star the thing Wars is... ever really leave us? I hope so. Well, God, I fucking hope so. <laughs> Bad news, gamer. See you next fucking summer for Solo. 
a Han Solo story. Oh, you know I'm going to have to be in that theater. They're going to wheel me into it. I do going to be behind me, just wheeling me in on a fucking gurney. I'm going to be strapped up like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> How would you know exactly what I was going to say? <laughs> because I knew you wouldn't make a Clockwork Orange reference. Hey, I've seen movies. <laughs> that, that came out before 1980. Does your nipple still hurt sucking at the teeth of George Lucas? <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! So I guess we're not going to talk about it. Out of my sight. You know, I I I didn't take any notes on episodes four, five, and six. But the one thing I did take away was that uh, Mark Hamill is probably the best actor in all of this. Ooh, I'm fighting words, Chris. Uh, who would you who would you argue with? Because I, I would I, to open this up. I I would have to argue that one Harrison Ford, who might be our greatest living actor, was the best actor in those movies. I thought he but. was really good, but the, the thing that brought him down is that those lines that he was given to read are so bad for most of what he does that there's a lot of difficulty for him to escape how badly they're written. And that's one of the things I learned about on the background is like a lot of these lines, he, one of his quotes was, boy, you can write him, but you sure can't say him. So he's doing a lot of heavy lifting. Think uh, Will Smith in half the movies he's been in. where Or, or Tom really Cruise in all of the movies he's been in. Exactly. I, have, I have a certain yeah. affinity for people that have to deliver really shitty lines in a charismatic way. So I'm always now, trust me. I love Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. I, I look just like him. If I could sound like him, I'm recovering from a cold. I wish I could, but I, I think he does a really good job. But I just when I when I see Mark Hamill, I, I really think that he is killing it out there. Uh, I mean, them two and Alec Guinness for the 45 minutes he's awake in the first movie. <laughs> I'm glad I they brought really him back enjoy. for the too how much he hates star wars yeah so like i said the, the original trilogy holds up the the one that's a bit uh i guess contentious here is uh return of the jedi i mean people complain about the ewoks that is where the pacing sort of died down but boy i i, I, I didn't really mind it you know yeah i mean it's not a bad movie no one's gonna say that but oh, that no. middle hour it's it's, it's it, it just doesn't really ass. compare to like new hope and empire strikes back especially because you get that whole opening scene it's like, what, 40 minutes long? And you think, like, wait, how does this plan work? Oh, fuck it. Doesn't matter. We're in the forest now. I think... Yeah, all I only really cared about was the Emperor. I think that the, the biggest problem that that movie's had, like, historically in terms of rankings is the other two movies are just so good, and we had no other Star Wars movies to, like, hate on for 30 years. So just everybody yeah. dumped and dumped and dumped and dumped on Return of the Jedi. And, like, it's, it's fine. It is an acceptable movie. I'm never going to be offended watching that movie, even if the second act is a complete disaster. It does a good job of closing off the story the first two set up. I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest, I actually really like the speeder bike stuff. I thought those crashes were really cool. Cause, mostly because I thought about Evan just flipping over a guardrail. <laughs> <laughs> you can make that joke five times during this podcast, and I'm going to laugh at all of them, just so you know. Exactly. If you're going for the low-hanging fruit, I'm putting it right out there for you. I, I'm, I'm sorry, i, I got to do it. But if we're talking about low-hanging fruit here... I did not watch the prequel trilogy, but I did watch the uh, the Mr. Plunkett reviews on YouTube. I, I really like those reviews. They, they they do a very good job. I hope that one day I can be as good of a reviewer as Mr. Plunkett. Mike Staclasa. Truer words have never been spoken. One day, if I try hard enough, I'll be just as good as the guy who talks in a silly voice about pizza rolls. You know, it's, that's how I've lived my entire life, Chris. It's, it's not just that. He's really good at pointing out that episode one didn't really have a protagonist. And that, you know, the story isn't very good and the characters are terrible and there's way too many special effects. And it's, it, it's, it's done really poorly. The main thing here, and this is a point I want to bring up now because I think I'm going to be using it during this review, is that 
in the prequel trilogy, they do a very poor job of having action inform the characters or informing the story. In the original trilogy, I could learn a lot about a character from what he or she did, and I didn't feel that way in the prequel trilogy. There was too much talking and explaining about how a, char about how a character uh, thinks or feels or, or wants to do something, whereas in the original trilogy, it seemed like they would either talk while doing something or doing something would just explain exactly who they were. And the prequel trilogy just does that very poorly. Again, I will make oh, a point mean? about this in this review. Chris, it's, it's... you didn't feel Anakin and fucking Obi-Wan's friendship when they just complained at each other back and forth and then he cut him in half? Yeah, one of the biggest complaints that we've heard about Last Jedi is that it's so bad, it actively makes the original trilogy worse. I don't know that I could ever sign on with that, but it almost uh, the, the prequel trilogy almost did that when they tried to... They just completely failed to say, and he was a good friend. Like, I, I was curious to be like, oh, how are Anakin and Obi-Wan friends? Doesn't show up. Like, leave aside Jar Jar and all that stuff. I think the absolute worst stuff is whenever Hayden Christensen has to say a line, <laughs> he just <laughs> completely beefs it. so bad for him. Uh, Natalie Portman straight up does not care. She is looking at the paycheck saying, oh, right, this pays off like an entire semester at Harvard. And, uh, I mean, if there is any good things about it, it's Hayden Christensen when he doesn't have to say anything. When he just, like, gives a look, he, he can do it. Ian McDermott does an all right job. Ewan McGregor does a good job. It's always I, a good sign I mean, when the best thing about your movie is people standing around not saying anything. Yeah, that's a... Uh... Do I have a movie for you, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the pod racing that goes on for like 20 minutes. Every single lap. <laughs> it is endless. By the way, anyone who says, I don't know, if you take Jar Jar out, it's not so no, bad. No, They're no, lying no. to your face and yeah. you should never speak to them again. That's the thing is like... As for this movie, I'll have my own things to say about whether I recommend The Last Jedi, but for the original trilogy, I would recommend it to, I'd say, literally every human on Earth. Even if you think you wouldn't like it, you should probably watch it anyway, just so you could have a sense of historicity and be like, okay, I can understand why everyone keeps quoting this. Go back and watch A New Hope right now. Seriously, like, if you haven't done it recently, go back and do it. You will be quoting along with it, even if you haven't seen it in like 20 years, because it's been parodied so much, it's been mocked so much, and it's been like, you've seen all these homages to it. You know every single beat of that story, because so many people have been taking it and just recreating it. It's, it's kind of like trying to read books without having read the Bible. Like, like, you don't have to be religious, it's just there's so much biblical imagery in everything that like, if you don't have that baseline, like, you just, you have nowhere to go with it. Right. As Speaking for the, of biblical imagery... <laughs> You watched the despecialized version, right? Yes, I did. I loved them. How hard did you laugh when the werewolf showed up in the canyon? Uh, <laughs> I mean, more than anything. I have to admit, I chuckled. That was like the one thing I was like, you know, if George Lucas went and changed that, I don't think I would have minded. Just a goddamn werewolf <laughs> hanging out of the space bar. <laughs> it could happen. It's it's fantasy. Parker, uh, it's a big universe. For, you can't you uh, can't tell me also, there's not a planet full of werewolves out there somewhere. <laughs> I, I decided to look like at all the changes that they made, and most of them were like kind of my. I was like, I, I don't mind it so much. Like, I, given the choice, I would go back and watch the originals. Obviously, Greedo shooting first was a terrible choice, but the big one for me is the one in Jabba's uh, lair. That song. Oh, the God. fuck was that? That song is the worst thing to ever happen to me. They they extended that song by like two minutes, guys. I listened to enough Pink Floyd to choke a horse, but God bless oh. America. I, I can't take a song that long in a Star Wars movie. I had the special edition VHSs, and there's a reason Jedi didn't get watched as much in my house. 
you get 10 minutes in that song starts like yeah. i'm gonna go play outside except i didn't no, i just well. played playstation oh. I was oh yeah clinically obese anyway uh as for the prequel trilogy i would have to say don't watch them even if you love star wars just don't watch them there's really I mean, nothing you, to recommend you have them. to watch them once you have to you, know. you have to see it at least one time you can't just take somebody's word for it that's like, the you're thing, like, though, is that they're, they're, they're very you, barely good bad movies though I'm not saying that I would recommend them from any entertainment perspective, but, like, you have to have some frame of reference for, like, where this can go totally off the rails. It's or, alternatively, if you want study. that, you can just watch The Last Jedi. I, again, we'll, we'll get into that in a second here. Before I get on to Force Awakens, because I do think we need to talk about that Rogue One, that I don't think there's anything to say. Uh, for the prequel trilogy, I will say this. The one reason to watch it would be, again, a sense of historicity and, like, cultural references. People are going to be talking about Jar Jar for as long as they talk about the original trilogy. And that's a, a sad but important thing. And people, you, you have to know exactly why it's so bad. And if you watch it and you like it, then... You, hey, it's okay I, to like a movie, as long as it's not Ready Player One. Yeah, that that's, that's basically here, what I'm coming down to. And I stick by it. Uh, I'll have something to say about that for Last Jedi, right before we get into it. Okay, as for <laughs> oh, The Force Awakens... You saw that trailer too, didn't you, friend? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, suck my dick, didn't see it. What the fuck? No, I don't know nice. why I was like drunk through half the movie. It's because as soon as that trailer came on, I started drinking. <laughs> I have no regrets. Oh, that that trailer's awful. Um, as for uh, Incredibles two, I saw that one. The other fifteen second one they keep throwing in there. I don't know if I saw any of the other ones. I don't remember what. I got were. fucking Wrinkle in Time and that awful Black Panther trailer. Oh, I saw. Oh, oh yeah, I actually wrote it down here. Is I saw the Infinity Wars trailer that looked incomprehensible. What the fuck. And I got the Black you got Panther Infinity trailer. Wars, like, that Black Panther trailer sucks a dog's ass. I, the first Racist. time I heard that, when I realized that they had done a fucking piano cover, the revolution would not be televised for it, I, like, lost my <laughs> shit in the theater by myself. I'm like, are you fucking people serious with this? I, when they showed the villain, it's like, what if it looks like the hero, but is different armor? What if they're more alike than you think? Just fucking uh, hang me. What about White Panther? Anyway, so Force Awakens, I Folks. thought was pretty good. <laughs> Force Awakens, I, I walked into it and I, I was like, I, I wasn't sure that it would be any good just because, I, I don't know, I, I kind of thought taking that much control away from George Lucas might be a bad idea. I, I thought it was really good. People said, oh, it's just a remake of A New Hope. Oh, heaven forfend, a remake of a good movie with the same sort of license and the same sort of world. Honestly, I'm fine with it. I thought Finn was a great character. He had great, you know, chemistry with Poe and everything. I... That, that's a movie that so I can bad. rewatch and I'll have a I'll have a good time with it. Yeah, if well, like it was on HBO the other day and I left it on. Like it's it is what it is. It is it is a pretty much a soft reboot and it's fine for what it is. I've I've referred to that movie multiple times as a theme park ride and like in a complimentary way because you're just kind of, it's like very on rails but like everybody has stuff to do. All the places are at least kind of interesting. Like you're just happy to be along for the ride. It doesn't really matter what's happening. It doesn't matter that the plot's kind of hackneyed. Like you don't really care. Like you're just like at a movie having fun. It's what a popcorn movie should be. Well, All the characters seem like happy to see, be around each other oh, yeah. and just happy to be in that world. Like it's fine. Some, it is somebody saw emotional. the people in that movie in a room together and was like, "Oh, you guys like have chemistry together. Let's put you in scenes." Absolutely. I think Unlike really another movie. <laughs> now, the most important thing about the Force Awakens is it got away from the thing that the prequel trilogy really screwed up with action not informing the character or the story or anything. Now the actions have meaning and they, well. The Last Jedi is our next movie. Um, before we get into this, this is my last word about it. 
I, you know, I, I don't recommend the prequel trilogy. I do recommend the original trilogy. I would say watch The Last Jedi. And seriously, guys, in, like, make your own opinions about it. All right? I, I want you to... I, I want more opinions out there. More takes the better for the world. But... This is gonna this is gonna get pretty hard and heavy and yeah there are gonna be spoilers here suck my dick I don't care there's gonna be a lot of a lot of conflicting emotions I might start crying and that's fine I we're all here for glorious content I I don't think there's gonna be any heavy duty arguing here uh, but uh, I yeah, think the there are gonna be some that conflicting that I don't like right yeah there there there's are things some... I like <laughs> but uh, there's things I really don't like now from what I'm telling what I'm able to gather right now I liked it but I had some significant problems. Parker is very much all over the place right now. And Alex, you... Emotionally, <laughs> mentally, physically. Alex, you did not like it at all. How about, Alex, you go ahead and start us off here. Chris, I feel like by the end of this podcast, we're going to be like Parker's divorced parents just screaming at each other in a courtroom while he has to sit around and cry. <laughs> I not because I think we're going to disagree, but just because I think this movie means things to him that we're about to take away from him. Oh, Absolutely. Jesus. And I can't wait. Just strip everything that makes me... The one thing I could look forward to in this hell year. Just rip it away from me. Did my Christmas gift come in for you yet? Not yet. So that opening scene, you oh, know, God. with the starfires and everything, and they're shooting around, and Poe's going around and shooting people and stuff like that, and the one Asian chick sacrifices herself with the bombs and everything, I liked it. So Alex, tell me why I'm wrong. Um, I'm actually <laughs> not going to, because I'm of the opinion that that was the best scene in the movie. Oh, good. That me too. All right. Huh. So, so hey, basically, this is great. You know, we should we should get remarried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. It's good that it's good that we all watch out. You heard it. Three positive reviews. <laughs> no, but uh, but like in all seriousness, like okay, so we have this like cool swashbuckling, charismatic starfighter pilot from the first movie who was like one like, who was so good in the first movie that focus groups decided that they shouldn't kill him off. So let's bring right. him back. All right, cool. He's going around. He's flying his ship. He's doing starfighter things. Like this is neat. We got a space battle going on. I, I just for the record, for the rest of this podcast, I, uh, I'm not the kind of person who likes to harp on you know like the stupid technological aspect. Like like not not like movie making technological aspects, but like the tech of like this futuristic right. universe and warfare. Like I don't care that they were basically dropping bombs out of a space fifty two B fifty two in like zero gravity. Like whatever, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let all of that shit slide, but like this scene happens, there's stuff going on, characters are doing the things they're supposed to do. We have you have the the Poe BB-8 dynamic that like everybody loved about the first movie. It's like all right, right, this movie knows what it is. I'm like really happy. It's all it's like off on a good foot, and then the rest happened. Uh, what was your favorite joke in the movie? <laughs> okay, uh, I have to admit. Okay, so that opening joke at first I was like. Oh goodness, this is this is not good. They're really trying to do this. See, the original one of the things I liked about the, the original trilogy is that to, the jokes were mostly really good, and the jokes in the prequel trilogy were mostly terrible. Uh, this one, boy, that opening joke is not very good. But I was okay with it because there was a point to it, and I thought yeah. it was a really good point. The fact that he was just stalling with it, I that made me actually laugh. Like, I mean, I don't need the movie to like make me laugh. I like when movies like this keep it light, at least. Like, like. It, it's almost more important that the movie's signifying that it's okay to laugh, like, that it's okay right. to just not be taking this super, super seriously than it is to actually laugh at the joke. So, like, I don't mind all the Marvel humor that was packed into this movie, with a few very notable exceptions that we'll get to. Yeah, yeah. most of the jokes just washed over me because I've seen, what, 18 Marvel movies now? It's like, okay, yeah, this is just another Disney product. I'm not going to laugh at most of the jokes. The person next to me was fucking dying. Really? I wish more than anything, Alex, you could have been there 
If you had heard how hard he laughed when BB-8 pilot said ATST, he would have blown your brains out. Well, I was on the verge of blowing my brains out anyway because I was sitting next to somebody who laughed like Weezin' Ed from Hey Arnold. And, uh, <laughs> Holy fuck. And, like, oh, what a pool! <laughs> No, I, I had right. I had like the seat in the handicap aisle, so to the right of me was just an empty space, and to the left of me was this person that just like sounded like they were hacking hacking up a lung every time anything happened, and like I couldn't actually tell if they were laughing or just had like a lung disorder, so like I, it, it kind of <laughs> fucked with like my ability to laugh at this movie. But anyway, um, the I, thing I have that to fucked say, my ability to laugh is that all the jokes are bad. Uh, but also that I, I don't know I, I think I laughed at a couple of the physical humor like BB-8's uh, multiple like things trying to plug three. up all the different like sparks going out I, I, I don't know I kind of chuckled at that I had a couple of smirks like oh that's cute yeah remind me of the children's book Henry's Awful Mistake uh, we use that with my brother all the time um, don't talk now I will say this as for keeping it light Alex I think that's a good point to bring up because I did not know most of the criticisms of this way I heard oh it's terrible bad whatever uh, just as much as I had heard it's oh it's fantastic it's all the best ever when I was walking in but I didn't know the specific criticisms and I, I'd like to thank you for telling me to avoid those so I could go in and just be ambushed by takes, which is exactly what I wanted. The one that I was expecting, I was really looking, uh, and I was kind of expecting this, was that, oh, it's going to be darker. If this had been completely dour, depressing, no jokes at all, like, you know, completely serious, I think I would have had a much worse time. Yeah, they tried that in Rogue One, and it sucked a pile of dicks. I mean, oh, yeah, that's, that's also, the reason it didn't we didn't have characters, so. I mean, what, what is there to say about Rogue One? It, it started, it continued, and then it ended. It was a fantastic movie until I got home. I'm sorry. Look, I'll never live that down, and that's fine. Sometimes you make mistakes. How many times did I watch The Dark Knight Rises in theaters? Exactly. This is you a see, healing group. Sometimes you just get all hyped up, and then you do it three Disney Star Wars movies in a row and never learn from your mistakes because you're a giant child. Man, I don't know so, what you guys are talking about. I'm right about every movie the first time I see it. Oh, of course. Same. So, anyway, <laughs> Changing your opinion is like what you called Hell or High Water, the best Western ever made. Yeah, I, I stand by that. Oh, so, I fucking Chris Pine in it. Checkmate. You can yeah, go ahead yeah, and make yeah, no, He, he said the magic opinions. word. The magic word was Chris Fine. Oh, that's easy. Exactly. We'll make an excuse for just about any bad. Anyway. Um, Hold on. Hold I, on. Not, do okay, not I did not just hear the words bad movie about Hell or okay, High it Water. Wasn't, it wasn't bad, so but it wasn't anywhere near as good as you think it was. Not even close. You're about to unleash the Comanche, Chris. Uh, (laughs) That's another movie we'll get to. Uh, By the way, I'm doing this entire podcast with a face paint from the end of Wind River on. I hope that's not a problem. (laughs) I'm I'm doing it with the Johnny Depp makeup from uh, that. (laughs) (laughs) What, Amber Heard's black eye? (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude. You can go ahead and cut that one. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm keeping that one in. That was the best one we've had. Damn it. Uh, Anyway, that that really great opening scene in The Last Jedi leads to Super Leia. Parker, your thoughts. Even I, just filled to the brim and overpouring with autism, my only thought was like, well, I'm sure that sounded better on paper. I can't believe it made it through this whole process with no one going, hey, Ryan, maybe we should rethink this. Because what the fuck was that? Now, it's a good thing I watched episodes four, five, and six before this started because... Boy, if I had forgotten that she has even a shred of the force in her, I would have been like standing up laughing, like like uh, Michael Rappaport laughing. We'd go ha 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 ha, something like that. It was so ludicrous to see that. Now, Alex, like you, I can suspend my disbelief, but I can't do it that far. 
If, if you're yeah. fucking force pulling yourself through the vacuum of space, get the fuck out of my theater. <laughs> well, she like, was dead. She just yeah, walked exactly. Like, oh, like, hey guys, what's going on here? Space. Oh, I'm in space. All right, well now I'm not gonna be in space anymore. Like, fuck you, movie. Hope I don't spend an hour of this movie in a coma. <laughs> like Channing Tatum and Kingsman too. God, God. Oh. <laughs> I'm vulnerable enough as is right now. Oh, it's terrible, especially because everyone loves Carrie Fisher so much. It was, it was so nice to see her in this. It really it kind of wore my heart. And then they kept her in a bed for more than an hour of the movie. Like, I get, like, you can't exactly just reshoot her scenes now, but maybe you have a better idea. Because her whole subplot means nothing. Maybe have literally any other idea. Like... Like, if she has nothing to do, just have her, like, stay behind on insert weird planet name. This is going to be offensive here, but you could just kill her off right there. It would have been yeah, fine. I mean, like, you could just totally. I get why they didn't. I, I was, like, I, I kind of felt like they were trying to go, they were, like, trying to go for the fake out and using the fact that she was dead. Like, I, like when that scene happened, I'm like, oh, this is how they're going to solve this problem. And then it's like, ah, got you guys. Actually, I'm still alive. And it's like, so you're trying to use this, like, thing that happened this person dying is like a narrative fucking device like are you kidding me so she force pushes herself through space so she is as far as i could tell from that scene immortal and then she's unconscious <laughs> it's just i mean that's prequel trilogy level bad it, it, there's it's just so understand. inconsistent because like the subplot had to have been a thing before she died because they filmed all this shit yeah that's they filmed her being in the bed and they filmed her coming back later so like this has been an idea they've had. How did no one go, hey, maybe let's not detour this movie for 45 minutes for no reason? Now, the next part is, uh, after that scene, they realize, oh, we're, we're being chased. I, I'm not going to go through the entire plot of the movie, but I think it kind of helps to inform the discussion, like, this happens, this happens, etc. So, the rebels are flying away from the First Order. I keep wanting to call them the Empire. It'd just be a lot easier for me. You can and call they them can't the go Empire. You mean the Resistance? They're the, they're the Empire. You can call them the Empire. It's, By the it's way, basically even me, big fat Star Wars nerd, I'm so done with the Resistance and or the Rebellion or the First Order. I'm done with it. Resistance and Rebellion are basically done. the same thing. Correct. I'm done with it. We've been there. We've done this. Basically. Can we just... Like, I will defend parts of this movie. You could cut out literally every scene that involves the Resistance, and my opinion would only go up. Uh, I hated all of it. But, but uh, Parker, why would you want to cut Space Hillary Clinton from this movie? Oh shit! <laughs> Fuck. Uh, uh, we'll get oh, to space no. Zoe. This is gonna later. take some dark turns. I can already feel it. Yeah, but anyway, so they they can't get away. They can't even go to warp drive. Is that is that Star Trek or Babylon Five? I don't know. Anyway, they can't go to like light speed or whatever because they can somehow track them, which is supposed to be impossible, but it's not. Whatever. Who cares? And uh, hold on, hold on. Let me stop you right there. Okay. So it's so we've got this thing. It's impossible to be tracked through light speed, and they track them through light speed. Okay, sure. Plot device, whatever. And then everyone that was just tracked goes, oh, well, they must be doing it from one specific ship. It's the only thing that makes sense <laughs> for this thing that's never happened in the history of the universe. Like, don't you seem like, oh, there must be a spy on board or something. That'd be interesting yeah. to have them all locked in this place and, like, who nope. is the traitor? Nope, it's Which just the thing kind of that's only on the flagship. It's the only thing that makes sense. We gotta go on the flagship now. Yeah, I I have to admit, they, and the thing is, they kept glossing over. They're just like, oh, it's impossible. Eh, whatever, they're doing it. I was like, no, 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 let's investigate this. So basically, their uh, their strategy to uh, preserve their life is kind of like a reverse of the movie Speed. They're like, we just have to keep on driving, and they'll keep on <laughs> shooting at us, but it won't do anything. And eventually, we'll run out of fuel, and the uh, Empire First Order knows that, and then we'll all you know drop off on ships. Uh, 
I have to admit, didn't really like this strategy, but they now that Hillary Clinton, I mean, uh, Carrie Fisher is knocked out. They oh, no, no, I was talking leader. about the other space Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh. We'll get to that. Uh, I would die for purple-haired Laura No, Dern. no, no. Hey, her name is Zoe Quinn, and you will respect her. <laughs> Jesus. I will, res- I, I will defend her honor, unlike that goddamn Bernie bro, Poe Dameron. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's amplify her voice. I, I gotta admit, the movie did a really good job faking me out. I thought she was going to be a traitor just because she was so unlikable. Yeah, but then the fake out was like, oh. Oh, actually, guys, I was looking out for you the entire time. You should have trusted me. You should you have should been have with her. You should have said something! Just, what just are we tell do? somebody! You're demoted. Get out. Uh, there's like four of us alive. Can you just not be a twat about this? I, I'm, I'm going to have to jump really far ahead here, but when her her grand plan is revealed, and Poe oh, realized, oh my, my god, god, this is actually what <laughs> works. Plan. It was basically a God works in mysterious way sort of thing. Just just, just trust me. I'm not going to tell you, but just trust me. I could just as well tell you. Chris, we're going to be spending Hi. a lot of time on that scene later, and I'm just going to hold it in. Okay, I'm sorry. I just I've known E for it, it 45 minutes. Just trust me with your life, yeah. small child. <laughs> He I would die for you, Lord. I love you. Until that happens. Uh, Neither did I. Sh- there were like 400 people in the entire resistance, and she's the second in command, and nobody knows who the fuck she is. And then they killed Admiral Akbar off screen. I'm going to be Why honest. They Admiral Akbar Admiral second Akbar. in command. Oh, wait, he was dead. Whatever. Oh, Rest in peace. We'll miss you forever. Um, I have to admit, by this God, point, I can't in the movie, an alien I race didn't feel Calum. strongly enough to love it or hate it yet. I, I like the opening scene, but it was just kind of liking it. I was like. I don't even know if this is going to recapture the same magic of the original trilogy. Spoilers, it will not. Spoilers, uh, most so movies basically won't the plan because here, you can't there, go back. There, there's an alternative plan, and it came up with uh, by Poe and uh, Finn. And did she have a name? The Asian girl. Did the Asian girl have it? Rose, Rose? Rose. Rose. Yeah. Yeah. They they did the same thing in Force Awakens, where it take two hours to give me someone's name. It really bothers me. Can I uh, can I pause for one second to just yeah. uh, shoot my entire credibility on this movie in the foot for a second? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm so excited. Deadass. <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. Deadass did not realize that the girl that died was her sister and not her. I was like, what the fuck? How is she alive? On the bomber in the first scene. What? I'm like, that's the same person. <laughs> Alex, Alex, that they didn't even look similar. I, I saw the necklace. That's all I noticed. Uh, uh, oh my god, don't say dude. Anything. Just don't say anything. I'm like, I'm like, look, I'm, look, this necklace is clearly a plot device. I saw this necklace before. It must be the same person. Whatever. I am considering cutting this just to make you not sound like a complete idiot. Anyway, I'm going to leave it in for that reason. <laughs> I'm just happy. I'm not the one saying something listen, almost racist. Holy listen, shit. I had to say oh, something stupid at some point. Don't worry, I'll make up for it. Just let me get it out of my system. Well, there you go. That Wow. All right. So for those of Speaking us who of were on our phone for I'm, the entire <laughs> fucking movie... <laughs> Uh, Chris, Guys, did you Finn fall asleep like you did during Justice League? Like you couldn't tell that they were different? How she talked about... Okay, you know what? So Chris, they have not everyone views Asian women the way you do? Chris, that, Chris, that phone problem. didn't what, come what out until the seventh time we were on Luke Skywalker's planet, just so you know. Oh, well, you know, I'll get to that in a bit. But uh, should I include Big BB-8 as a fourth member milk. here? Sure. Yeah, Knock yourself out. Oh, he seems to have his own opinions, I guess. Uh, which, by the way... Alex, cover your ears. Parker, is BB-8 not the cutest thing in the world? I want to hold it. I want to hold it and have it tell me it loves me. I've never had a Star Wars toy in my life, but I want a BB-8. It's so fucking cute. Anyway. You guys really uh, think I'm going to drag you for that? Like, come on. (laughs) Alex, you can uncover your ears now. If you have have nice things to say about the Porgs, we can... can, uh... We can throw I don't those like the strong I one legitimately forgot they were in the movie. Oh, must <laughs> anyway. be nice. Uh, yeah, it's fucking it great. Tell I told you, I left with a smile on my face. 
anyway, so their plan, and this plan, I we do have to talk about this. Their plan is they're going to go into the main ship. I don't remember what it's called. And uh, they're going to shut down whatever tracking thing that's on them. And in order to do that, they need to go to a different planet and oh find. God. Oh God! I just re I just realized something. It. I'm not. I'm not yeah. trying to cut hey. you off. Yeah, give me a second here. They have to. They have to. They have to get a hacker and bring that guy back. And they don't have much time to do it because they were already really short on fuel. And the movie seriously keeps hurrying them along, and they don't really seem to pick up their pace that much. And they they they're going to bring him back there. They'll hack in there. They'll get it all done, and then they can escape or something like that. And that is a very very big part of the movie. I would say that is the main plot of the movie. Any disagreements here? Sure is. Chris. I think that's the A plot. The A plot is that. The B plot is Ray and, and uh, Luke. Chris, I think Alex has a question for you. Alex, I think yeah. I know what he's going to ask. Right. Chris, it, 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 this actually just dawned on me as we were talking about it. Chris, Great. do you remember how they they uh, they knew that the tr the transponder was on the flagship? Oh, thank you. Uh, you read my mind. Hang on, thank hang you. on, hang on. Uh, be uh, no, I don't remember. What was it? Because Finn used to work on the flagship, and Finn had once seen this transponder. And yet, he let the entire Rebel fleet jump through hyperspace knowing this thing existed. <laughs> maybe, maybe Finn's just an idiot and he forgot about it. What a convenient time to remember the specific location it was on this ship that's the size of, like, the Empire State Building. Well, luckily, there won't be any more conveniences in the plot later on. And but I have a question for both of you. How did they find out that they needed to find this guy to hack in? What favorite character of yours? Oh. Does, does, does that character have a name? You don't remember Maz Kanata, the amazing character with a face like an orange and a mouth like a Titan bottle? <laughs> How do you get Lupita Nyong'o to be in your movie and then make her a googly-eyed, ugly-ass That was Lupita Nyong'o? Like, yes, it sure was, yes, friend. Yes, it was. You, ha you have sure like, one, one of the most beautiful rising stars in Hollywood, and you make her this doofy-ass CGI alien. It's infuriating. Why did they... Why did... Why did she come back? Good question, Chris. How why did she agree to do either of these movies? Like, why? You should see how how far my mouth is hanging open. That was Lupita Nyong'o. That was Lupita Nyong'o, dude. Yep. I holy. Now just close your eyes and oh. think about her want to talk about wanting to fuck Chewbacca and just oh. enjoy oh. your no, room. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Now I I did think about and that because when she said, "Oh, there's this man. He can do anything. He could do this. He could do that. He could do that." And, and uh, she's like, "Wow, it sounds like he could do anything." And she's like, "Oh yeah." And I was just like, "She must be talking about Chewbacca." Right? Because that's like a sex joke. You know? It's like, oh, oh Chewbacca's going to come back. They're going to look for him. He's going to have a little thing on his fur or whatever. No. It's some other guy who gets one line in the movie. It's like three words, I think. I think it was not now, dear. That was it. And, and she said he could do anything. He doesn't have a name. He he has a face. He has a mustache. I, I like the mustache, but... It was, it was no way. It was nothing. It was a waste of time. In my notes, I kept writing, I hate the subplot. But now that I've realized, like, no, this oh. is the A-plot. My oh. soul hurts. I it's, just felt a disturbance in the Force. It's something really bad about the movie that I forgot about. <laughs> Fuck. Shit. Lupita the Third, my favorite <laughs> anime. <laughs> now, as you were saying. Uh, anyway, we should get to Mark <laughs> Hamill here. Now, I, I've already said that I love Mark Hamill in the original trilogy. I, I loved him as the Joker in Batman. And I, I think he's just a fantastic actor. And... I'm going to be honest with you. I thought he was 
excellent in this. Now, Alex, before you start criticizing him, let's <laughs> also remember that Ted Cruz, Zodiac Killer and presidential candidate, also got into a fight with Mark <laughs> Hamill. So if you want to be on the same side as Grayson Allen's father, just, you know, I want that in You just had to throw a Duke joke in there for me, didn't you? I did. You specifically. Uh, well, first of all, fuck Duke, now that we got that out of the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I actually... I don't have bad things to say about Mark Hamill in this movie, because if okay, nothing else, <laughs> he looked like he was having more fun than everyone else in the movie combined. Like, including me. Well, absolutely including the entire audience, but... Yeah. I have to admit, so he looked like he was grumpy, and he takes a lightsaber, he throws it behind him, he doesn't want to do it. That, that, uh, that right there. That is action informing a character. Yeah, that's, that's like cool. powerful iconography right there. It's like, oh, this guy was the savior of the galaxy, and I was chucking his lightsaber off a cliff in the first scene. I mean, that, actually that really is like, your that, whole that, backstory that right there, you know. But when he, when you saw his face light up when he saw R two D two, I'm not sure that Ryan Johnson said action. I think that was just him saying, "Oh man, Star Wars! I love being in that movie." <laughs> That's exactly what I said when I was sitting in the theater for two hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> oh, yes! Star Wars! <laughs> C-3PO! Every day of my life. I know what that is! Which, well, by the way, I, mean, I, I love we, the joke in the original, or the, in the last movie where he's like, you probably didn't recognize me because of my red arm. That's, that's funny to me. I don't know. Speaking of C-3PO, it's good that we've had over 40 years of this movie, and the one constant in our lives is that C-3PO will always sound like a cuck. <laughs> like they can fuck up the canon of every other character but c-3po is just totally bitch made in every movie that's the <laughs> one thing that holds this universe together c-3p soy boy <laughs> uh anyway so so ray goes over there and she's like i really want to train under you he's like nah and she's just like please and he's easily convinced otherwise uh as far as i could tell uh, really, all it took was uh, R2-D2 being like, uh, remember how good the first movie was? Remember that scene with Princess Leia? And he's like, oh, fine. And, hey, uh, if you think you're going to skip past the green titty milk, you can just back it on up. Because <laughs> I want to talk about it for four hours. Uh, yeah. That was, fucking uh, look on his face when he drinks the green titty milk. When he was milk. just sitting in his fucking beard and he just smiled at her. It killed me. I, uh, I don't I care who you. judges me. What was, uh, was that supposed to inform I, us anything about I, him? He drinks green titty milk? I thought his he was trying was just... to do the Jack Nicholson on the Shining face. Like when he's peeking through the door, except with green alien titty milk all over his beard. And I'm like, this is incredible. And I'll huff. And I'll squirt into my glass. Anyway. I mean, talk about action informing the plot. That shot alone lets you know, like, oh no, he's fucking crazy up here by himself now. He is not the guy from Return of the Jedi. He's a crazy old man who drinks titty milk straight from the source. You know what I thought was? I. That's pure Cambodian breast milk. <laughs> he was about to tell her, just like, you know, usually I just go and I just sit right on the nip right over here, right on the teat. But, uh, That's actually, pure Octu breast milk. Now, the line that came right before it was, uh, I'm not leaving uh, this island without you. And what I thought that scene was supposed to show was just like, well, settle and make yourself at home. This is how we live, because I'm not leaving. And I was just like, oh my God, I want this movie to at least have a scene where Ray drinks the green titty milk. Yeah, that's the closure we didn't well, get. I mean, maybe maybe JJ Abrams will do it. Maybe if uh, maybe if we spent more than eighteen hours on this elaborate training montage, then uh, we could have gotten some of this. But no, we had to run it parallel to the, the, rocks. the fucking chase down the space highway to nowhere. <laughs> well, which 
Which, which was a space highway to nowhere. Oh, oh, they just <laughs> flew in a straight line for two hours. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Oh, that's what we mean. <laughs> Alex, I get going. the feeling you didn't enjoy how long the first act took. You know, compared uh, compared to the point. second act, I think I'll take how long the first act took. Like oh, I enjoyed true, that yeah. just for once. Like Force Awakens, it books like it moves scene to scene. Everyone's moving. Okay. I appreciate it. it's like, look, we got two people. They're the stars of this movie. We're just gonna fucking sit here for a bit. Oh, on that note, I wish they had also sat on the spaceship. But you know, I didn't make the movie. On that note, about just sitting there for a bit. One of the greatest one of the greatest things about Star Wars as a franchise is like. That even when the plots are kind of, like, hackneyed and cheesy, like, you have this really cool universe where you can just go places and explore, and, like, you spend fucking five minutes on a planet. It's like, oh, that was kind of neat. Like, I'm glad we got to see that. Parker, how many planets did we go to in this two hours and 35 minutes of movie? It's either two or three, right? It's three, it's be three because we're including the casino planet. That's oh, God. Casino Planet, Mark's Planet. I wish it was Hall. two then, right. actually. So yeah. Three. <laughs> yeah, we were here for almost oh. three hours. We went to three planets. It's like the one good thing that the prequel trilogy did well is that they go to so many different planets and they all look kind of cool. You know, they're, you oh, look at this things one. like Dexter Jetser, the, the bar diner of the Greaser restaurant. <laughs> oh, please. Okay, please don't bring that guy back up. <laughs> He's my favorite character in the world. <laughs> hey, bird! <laughs> Gabagool. <laughs> I can almost taste the old country here. <laughs> Coruscant Guido voice. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, we should talk about the casino planet now because plot Do A, have to? and I can't believe I'm calling it plot A, but this is very clearly plot A. Uh, the more you say that, the more it makes me dislike the movie. That's true. I'm being completely honest with you. Rose and Finn. That's, God, that's the way the movie Jesus tries to sell itself. Rose and Finn and bb8 go to let's call it what it is the casino planet and uh they they dodge sock the hedgehog trying to chase robotnik there and they're going along and they're looking at places and finn says something that really bugs me he's like wow this is great now it's just like you've lived your entire life as a stormtrooper why are you titillated by gambling he shouldn't know anything about it he shouldn't know like why that would be a thrill I think he liked all the expensive shit lying around everywhere. Yeah, maybe. I, I will. I will say. And the little leprechaun man. The little leprechaun oh, yeah, man what was, was, that? was that was certainly something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the fir- I really enjoyed the first ninety seconds we spent on the casino planet when I thought we were Same. basically just like going into like going into the weeds and turning this into like space James Bond for like you know a fifteen twenty. I was scene. exactly thinking that. I, I'm like I'm like this is fucking tight. Like like I can get down. Did Finn and Rose. The opening up Inception. If they had played high stakes space poker. I'm in. That's all I needed. Like, like when, when Finn walks up to the table, when that one guy walks away, I'm like, oh, God, please let me get in on some space gambling action on this stupid, ritzy space casino planet. And Listen, then, guys, if you, and then if instead, you we had to walk out and see those stupid rabbit deer getting tased. Like, yeah, what was that? Was, that chase is the most prequel-ass CGI <sighs> I've seen in a long time. Oh, but like, oh I'll get to that in a second. Like, what but the entire guys, emotional really stakes of this fucking casino planet ruled by the banker fuckers on some, like, racehorses being abused? Like, really? <laughs> Galactic banker fuckers lose again. Okay, two things here. No wonder Breitbart didn't like this movie. Second of all, <laughs> uh, if you guys want a casino in a movie, there's a new Ocean's Eleven coming out. Now, third thing here oh, is uh, this movie was very clearly made with a purpose here to be like, oh, look, the rich get to gamble and the poor have to clean up after the horses because that's 
they're basically space horses. I don't. They had a name for them, and they're not bamf, very subtle. And that's the only other uh, creature I know in Star Wars besides Wookies. So, <laughs> I that whole thing that was definitely prequel trilogy stuff. It was all movement porn. It's all constant movement. There's no starting and stopping and jittering and juddering and stuff like that. Think about when you're like playing Mario or something like that. If Mario constantly moved at the same speed with no stopping and jumping and going back over here and stuff like that, it'd be really fucking boring to watch. It's a lot more fun when you're like, oh, I'm going to do this now or this over here. Those animals just keep on moving, keep on moving. It's like the fucking Smurfs movies. It's, there's nothing entertaining about the way that it's animated. I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but like I'm hoping we're about to f- breeze past these stupid rabbit deer, so I just want to get this out there. The fucking scene with Finn and Rose, when, when F- like, like they basically, like their ship gets blown up and they have to run away from these guys, and they don't know that their ride is coming and they're not going to get saved or anything yet, and, and Finn's like, well that was worth it, and then Rose, go- Rose takes the saddle off of the fucking rabbit deer and goes, no, <laughs> now it was. It's like, oh, well I'm glad oh we God. saved the stupid pack animal and got our ship blown up and all our friends probably killed. Yeah, By exactly. the way, they were running to their ship. They didn't have the code breaker, so what was their plan? I remember the ending of that whole arc, the whole, we have to free the animals. It's like the dolphins in Jaws 3. Who cares? And, oh, my God. Or anything in Princess That's Mononucleus. a throwback it's, reference right there. Holy uh, shit. You guys have seen Jaws 3, I hope. But uh, Unfortunately. When, when she said, now it was worth it, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You guys went in here for a reason. This whole scene was a complete waste of time. You're trying now, to save of, uh, your friends. <laughs> no, no, no. The space deer thing. Uh, I know, no, anyway. I know. That's what Rabbit I'm saying. Deer. The emotional stakes of that scene. I know, I know. I know. Someone we're on the same side here. <laughs> needs to talk about Benicio Del Toro's Roger Rabbit accent. I, oh, we're, we're, we're getting there. Right now. <laughs> we're getting there. Before I get to that, I will say one thing that jumped out to me is that this, the other movies, what they did really well, especially the very first Star Wars, is the editing. I really like the editing of the original trilogy. I thought they did a great job of, like, putting things together and everything like that. I, I really focus a lot on editing because a lot of my friends are film editors and they know how this stuff works. This Humble is brag. probably the worst edited Star Wars movie I've ever seen. That's fair. I, I can't argue really? Okay, so Benicio Del Toro. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about I, it like... Think about yeah, think about I, like this. Remember the transition? Okay, so they're getting tossed out of the casino, right? And BB-8 just, they toss him out, he lands with a chunk, and then it cuts to Ray doing whatever on Mark Hamill Island. That was a terrible transition. That's like, come on, you. I need a, a scene ought to close a bit before another scene opens. There, there needs or at least some sort of transition here to make me feel like I'm watching a, co- a cohesive movie rather than scene one and now scene two. To be fair, to, You're not to be fair to everyone involved, I'm not sure there's anything they could have done to make this movie seem cohesive. That's a, that's a good point. And you know, because plot A and plot B are so very different in the... I hate to say this again. In the original trilogy, the other plots were so interesting and they both benefited the same cause that it was it was totally fine to be like, okay, let's check in on Han right now or let's check back in on Luke. What's going on here? That, that was totally fine because they're both serving the same sort of purpose. Here, not at all. Not even close. Yeah, there's, there's, there are two main plots. One I like and one I do not and they have zero connection until the last 30 minutes. That really bothers me. It's it's almost like it's almost... like they were like it's almost like two different directors made this movie and they were like picking teams like they were playing dodgeball. It's like all right, I get this actor, and the other one's like, yeah, I get this one, and that's why we have nobody that's that has so any chemistry together in any scenes. Because he wrote it himself, he wrote and directed it. Ugh. It wasn't a committee for yeah. once, and it's like, god damn it, like 
no, this isn't supposed to happen. This is supposed to be the Rogue One thing where they reshoot half of it and Frankenstein it together. Not one person mapping out a vision and then it feeling like they justice leaked it. I mean, it's not that bad. I'm not going to. Jesus Christ. So they met Benicio del Toro in a prison. <laughs> and uh, he's their hacker now, I guess. Sure. Uh, that seems convenient. Can we, uh, and his can we just, voice. For, for, for half a second. So he's, yeah. he's taking a nap in this jail cell. He gets woken up by them. All right? And he gets woken up by these people getting thrown into his jail cell. And then just immediately breaks out. Like, Isn't that it, nice and convenient? Yeah, no, like, like, like you, couldn't, you couldn't have done this at literally any other point instead of just, like, napping in this prison cell. Wow, good thing he just happened to be yeah. here. Yeah, it wow, that's it, so it convenient. must have been the foresight. No, it, yeah. it shows that he's just a wacky guy. So the whole time he's going like, I identified with this character because I also stutter whenever there's a girl in the room. (laughs) You call that a stutter? He was honestly, Parker. You you kind of nailed it. It's a Roger Rabbit accent. (laughs) He sounded like he was about to get put in the dip at any moment by the Empire. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it! I'm hating this movie now. Six pack of Heineken right before recording starts. So the entire time, it is very low budget Johnny Depp. I think it's like it's like now that I think about it after having said that, like that might be offensive to Johnny Depp. It, no, because, you know, I, I've seen some of uh, the movies that Johnny Depp has made. Well, uh, he's, he's... We, can, we can put on uh, either the Alice in Wonderlands and we can have this conversation. No, I, okay, let's... Uh, anyway. Called your bluff. I, I don't want to do that. But I have to admit, the casino is really where I started to get bogged down. I was just like, oh, I, I, I kind of feel like this shouldn't be in the movie. But I wasn't hating it yet. I was. It was more like, boy, if they had just... You can't just cut it out, though. You still need a plot A. You need the characters to do something, and by characters I mean Rose and Finn and BB-8, to do something productive. In all like the other movies, they are doing something productive. This is not productive. At, at least have them talk. Be prequel trilogy bad, but at least have them talk. There's there's nothing for them to do. And the, the whole casino is just a waste of time. But they find their hacker or whatever. They decide that they'll go back. And they'll help out their ship somehow, and they won't tell Laura Dern for whatever reason. Fucking Laura Dern with purple hair in space. I've never really liked I her. will kill myself for you, <laughs> my queen. I will do whatever you ask me. So There's a lot of wasted actors in this movie, huh? We should, let's, congrats on splitting up Poe and Finn. Congrats. Congrats on splitting up, splitting up Finn and Ray for no reason. Like... Oh, God, I hate this I movie. I mean, I know that's what they did in Empire. Like, they split everyone up, and that's... Like, I get it, but... No, that worked. God damn it. That, that worked. Yeah. It was totally fine, because the characters were also interesting on their own. And that's not to say these characters aren't interesting on their own, but they're one of them is... Or two of them are wasting their time. Ray, I would argue, is not wasting her time, but that training was extremely lightweight. I thought there'd be a whole lot more to it. Remember the Dagobah scene in, in episode five? There's all the shit that he's doing. What does Ray do? God, when they teased the fucking X-Wing underwater off the island, it's like, are we really going down this road again? And then it turned out instead we were doing absolutely nothing. Oh, that was a complete waste of time. So she goes down there, that like the the whole mirror scene. You're talking about the mirror scene, right? I was I was literally talking about the shot that they had in the movie of the X-wing submerged right off the coast. Like, hey guys, I, honestly, guess who's gonna have to pull this up? 
I only thought of that as that's how he got off the island at the end of the movie. I didn't even make that connection. Oh, well. Which says a lot about me. Either way, at, at some point, she's like, oh, the dog side. She somehow falls into that big, stupid-looking hole with a bunch of seaweed all over the place. And she Let's finds call it what it is, the island's asshole. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to call it the belly button. But uh, she falls in there, and she looks in the mirror, and... I have to admit, remember that it was a Japanese manga or whatever where someone did, no, you don't understand. This is my hole in the cave. I have to go in it here. It me. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, dude? It was made for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I thought they were going to do. Oh, fuck. Uh, but well, no, can't watch this movie ever again. <laughs> nice episode, oh. everyone. Uh, anyway, the it, it turns out it's a mirror and she can see a lot of different iterations of herself. This is film student Ryan Schatz, who's made, like, what, three movies before this. And he's just like, look what I can do with visuals. She's snapping her fingers all in a row like dominoes, and and nothing happens. Yeah, I don't understand the point of that scene, I'll be honest with you. I'm probably going to extend the silence after that, just because, again, there, there was no point of that. That's uh, now, throughout this whole thing, she's able to make psychic connections with uh, Kylo Ren, whose body is, uh, I'd say, an 8 out of 10 right now. He can get it. Uh, he, Adam Driver is my goth son, and I love that, him. I, I, he's an ugly guy, but the body is an 8 out of 10. I might have lied earlier when I said the opening scene was my favorite. The, the, the fucking shirtless force timing scene was very oh, solid. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like that. pants were I, so high up. <laughs> it was know, so it was unnecessary. Like, oh, don't, don't cheat me. Come on. Show me the abs. But uh, I don't think he has everything. Any. But uh, either way. Uh, his, his God, Adam Driver's like. Can we agree? Adam Driver's probably the best actor in this franchise. Period. It's not no. close. It's I, not I, close. I disagree. I disagree. I think Mark Hamill's the best. I'm gonna forget. I, him. I really think he. I. I don't even think Adam Driver was that great of an actor in this movie. I thought he was better in Force Awakens. I absolutely agree with that statement. Also, have either of you guys seen Logan Lucky yet? Because you need to. I, I promise I'll see it this I'll, week. I'll Pinky promise. He's so good in that movie. Like, I wanted to see it last week, but then Star Wars took over my well, life. Well, I thought, it, I mean, I, I liked what I saw of it. Like, the little girl at the end with her claws. She, I mean, she could be a little... Oh, wait, this different. So... God damn it. <laughs> Don't patronize me. Uh, I have to admit, the biggest problem for me on Mark Hamill Island was... The, the big thing for me in a lot of movies is that film is a visual medium and that you should show, don't tell. This movie really doesn't do a good enough <laughs> so, job of it. They're talking about the backstory with Kylo Ren here. There's way too much talking about it and nowhere near enough showing it. And, yeah, there's a whole thing about Mark Hamill's going to kill him with a lightsaber. Adam Driver wakes up in the middle of it. Oh, it was all a misunderstanding. That old chestnut that I'm so sick of. It but fucking owns. You just talk about, oh, yeah, and he, and he slaughtered the rest of my class. Uh, the class we never even saw. If I don't see them, if I don't know their names, if I don't know anything about them, why should I feel bad? That was like the one failing of A New Hope is that when Alderaan gets blown up, I don't care because there's like 4 billion people on there and I don't know a single one of them. So it doesn't mean anything to me. That's where I mean, Force Awakens does a better just... job because they blow up five planets and I see like like a dozen people. Now I feel bad. So Chris, so what you're saying... better if you see 12 random kids you don't know about? Like how much longer? No, do no, you no, Parker. Movie? Let's let's key in on this. I think what he's saying is that he really liked the scene where Anakin kills the younglings. Oh man, so good. That's so good. <laughs> I have to admit, when I first saw that, I was just like, "Wait, does he kill them?" And no, then, not the then he just cut back, and there's just their cloaks lying on the ground. I was like, "Oh, he killed them." It seems kind of. I just felt like it was a bad idea. I thought it was like he should like take them into his own brood and like make them into like Sith Jedi. Yeah, you but know? that's not grimdark enough, dude. 
So I spent like an hour of this movie thinking like, okay, I get why people wouldn't like this, but why do so many diehard Star Wars fans detest this movie? And as soon as he stood over Sleeping Kyle, I was like, oh, I guess that explains it. No. He spent the last 20 years reading books and building up all these stories in your head, and then he just almost murders his nephew in his sleep. Yeah, and that's the thing that really gets me is that I, I did see an interview with Mark Hamill beforehand where he said that he disagreed with Ryan Johnson initially on the interpretation of the Luke Skywalker character. And we all know that this is the scene that he was talking about. And then he said, well, Ryan Johnson was able to convince me, which I suppose was an extra couple hundred thousand grand in his pocket. <laughs> I would hope but so. Please, I, please get paid for this movie, Mark Hamill. Yeah, this, this does I'm not... I'm so happy for him that oh, this made all the money. Good, he deserves no it. But I have to admit... I think he should have held his ground. I don't know how it would have turned out, but this is not a Luke Skywalker thing to do. And it's, not, it's certainly not a Jedi Master thing to do. Would Yoda have done this? Did Obi-Wan Kenobi do this? Only at the very end when he went full dark. He sure fucking did. He straight murdered him. Yeah, but by that point, he had exactly already what Obi-Wan would have done. Luke just... Luke shit himself. I'm, I'm sorry. He shit himself. And he was just like, I'm, he I'm sorry. He got shook for a moment, ignited it, and then it was already too late. And again, it was already it's... a misunderstanding. I hate that fucking, oh, oh, a misunderstanding. That's not what I meant. I mean, he doesn't see it as a misunderstanding. He sees it as it is entirely his fault that all of this has happened. And he's right, but still. Correct. It's just awful. That's not Luke Skywalker to me. And Luke Skywalker was like my favorite character in the original trilogy. No, it owns. He almost murdered his nephew for no reason. Chris, it's the classic question that Jeb Bush answered: Would you kill baby Hitler? And he almost did it. Checkmate. From Jeb Bush. Uh, Hell yeah, I'd kill baby Hitler. I said, <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, I'd kill Kylo Ren. Yeah, so. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, Ray decides that she's kind of annoyed, and she just decides to leave the island, so... He only gives her... He's like, alright, you get three lessons. She leaves after, like, two. Like, well, fuck, this I, movie's I, already I think that's what they were trying to do with, like, in Empire, Luke leaves before his training is done, she leaves before her training is done. God, I want to know what the rest of the training was. What, what would have been lesson the third here? But, uh, she decides to Titty leave, milk. and, uh, Luke goes on a hissy fit and decides to burn down the tree... And this is a scene that I liked. They brought back Yoda, and for God's sake, they finally did him right. Because Yoda was one of the best characters in Empire, and he was really good in Return of the Jedi. That was what it was, right? Return of the Jedi, right. I will said revenge. And he was awful. The prequel trilogy, he wasn't funny at all. He was just a, like a... And they were like, oh, he was wise or whatever. He's boring. In the, in the original movies, he's really funny. He, he looks like a puppet. If they had just had him operated by a puppet right over in this movie, I would have been a lot happier for it. But he's making jokes. He's, he's, he's funny. He's good. He's enjoyable. I like having Yoda back in that capacity. And he does something kind of unexpected. He burns all the books in that tree. The point of the tree, I don't know. But I, I like that scene with Yoda. I'm Yoda. I love <laughs> doddering. <laughs> Do you want to hear my Yoda impression? <laughs> <laughs> Doddering, insane old man Yoda is my favorite Yoda. Yeah, I, I that's like not that. a controversial statement. <laughs> Alex, I, I love that it was a shitty, weird-looking puppet. It made me so happy. Ah, uh, well, that's, I, that's I, kind of the way. I mean, like, I know they're trying to like do this Force Ghost thing, but did he really have to look like he was a Super Saiyan? Like, was that really necessary? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, I, I think it was kind of like the blue outline was a little bit too bright on him. It was a know? little much. Like, like yeah. I, I liked the scene too. But it, that was. A I, I just much. thought it was good. I was. I was happy to see him again. I, I felt. I, again, I'm not actually a Star Wars fan, but I'm reminded of that Red Letter Media thing. I saw Yoda and I clapped. 
Like when he says, what is it like, those books don't have anything she doesn't already possess because she literally stole them? Like, that's some dumb shit Yoda would say in episode six. That, yeah. That's pretty true, yeah. So, anyway, we... absolutely on break. I'm sorry, guys. We can't talk about the really interesting plot B anymore. We have to go back to plot A. God damn it! Finn and Rose... I have to keep trying to remember her name. <laughs> they they go back... That song you love from Batman Forever. Oh, yeah, and Benicio Del Toro. Who might have had a name? I'm not sure, but I'm going to call him Benicio del Toro or that guy from the Heineken commercial. I so I they, have no idea what his name even could have possibly been. I wasn't paying attention. I, I just feel so bad. So uh, they they bring him back uh, to the ship, and he's like programming the thing and all this stuff. And they get in there, and they still get caught. Oh shit! And uh, turns out their plan was all. N- pointless they, they spent well more than an hour of the movie trying to set up this plot a all for nothing it all failed just like zoe quinn told them it would <laughs> to to the extent that it gets even worse i said i wrote down in my notes wait so 90 percent of this movie was pointless no no space laura dern was right it actively endangered everyone on the ship the rebellion slash resistance, they start getting murked in their getaway cars because they, they were they were going to be fine. They couldn't even be tracked. Why the fuck didn't she tell Poe that? Hey, hey Chris. If, if she had told... I, I gotta do this! If she had just told Poe this, they wouldn't have gone on plot A. You get to save me half a movie in there. 45 minutes at least of a movie in there. And then they could just get away. They could just waste their time. Sure, whatever. We could spend more time on Mark Hamill Island with Yoda and Rey and those little green titty monsters. Hey, and instead, hey people get killed hey buddy hey chris you okay i'm mostly done what do you want to say? <laughs> so uh we know how uh space laura dern didn't tell anybody about her plan right yeah that really bothers me yeah well uh it's kind of funny because benicio del toro somehow find a way to sell out the plan that he didn't know about yeah i don't know how he did that uh not only that but sold it out for a giant pile of money that came from the organization that just force tortures people to get information out of them? Well, there's no difference between good or bad. <laughs> it was a very subtle commentary on war. I don't know if you quite caught it. <laughs> Parker, remember that drill tweet? There's actually no difference between good and bad. <laughs> you fucking idiot. You fucking imbecile. <laughs> just like, in theory, I get the whole point of the subplot. Because the whole movie's about failure. Poe gets a bunch of people murdered in the beginning. The Jedi are all failures. Their plan fails. But it's like a fucking hour just for... Actually, everyone's I, bad. Yeah, and that's why they die. It's not just that. The plan really fails hard. Like You're telling me... Like, I get it. You're telling me Kylo Ren couldn't just come down and force choke Benicio Del Toro to get the information? They have to give him a suitcase full of money? Like... Well, I mean, there's that. But I, I think at the time he was dueling with Rey, which I, I'll get to in a bit. But here's the thing. I'm okay with failure if... I mean, fucking speed it up. I mean, don't just look out. Don't just. I mean, I'm like with the opening you. scene. That was good. That and fine. Yeah, people died in whatever, and Poe gets slapped in the face. Who cares? That that that's a good scene though. And and Ray leaves without finishing her training. Fine. You know what? That that scene. At least I had some good stuff to look at and some good performers during it. But I had to spend an hour in that casino. And then, look, I'm not disagreeing on. with you. I'm saying I get it. But the execution was 100% fucked up. That's the thing. is, It it took way too long. And again, it seemed like this was the entire movie. This is the... Again, this is the plot A. They really cared about this plot trying to drive the entire movie. And they did not do a good enough job. Not even close. Hey, remember how for the last two years I've been saying 
I don't, I'm just really interested to see how the Luke, Ben, and Ray stuff goes. Imagine my surprise when it's the B plot. <laughs> it really did Imagine bug me. Imagine it. Anyway, uh, Alex, would you like to talk about Snoke and Ray and Kylo Ren all together as well? Tell me about your favorite character, Supreme Leader Snoke. Oh, you mean like fucking Anthony Hopkins combined with Meltman? <laughs> <laughs> with the incredible power to melt! Like, seriously, I the first thing I thought the first time they showed him just chilling in his throne room chair was like, how expensive could Anthony Hopkins have been for this role? Like, <laughs> just come in with your thorn. Yeah, yeah, like literally, like do like we don't even thing. have to wake you up. Just just sit there, like like <laughs> just sit there and don't look like Swiss cheese. That's... We'll just CGI a flappy mouth on your chin. <laughs> By the way, my one of my favorite things about this movie. All these shitty mysteries that J.J. Abrams set up, like, who's Snoke? How'd he get into power? How did he find Kylo Ren? How long has he been in his head? How strong is he? Nah. Doesn't matter, That kind of sucks, actually. <laughs> Fuck your shitty fake emperor. We're done with this. I, I really thought that Snoke was going to matter. I thought, oh, he's our he's our big guy. He's like in uh, Guardians 1. Who's who's that big guy? Thanatos or whatever? Thanos. Uh, Thanos. I won't be trolled. I've never been mad online. I, I, look, I actually forgot his name. <laughs> but, never uh, been angry or nude or red <laughs> on the internet. Uh, anyway, it's like I was like, oh, he he should be the the guy that everyone's scared of. You know, kind of like the emperor. The emperor was really mysterious, so you want to know more about him. Snoke, I was just as as long as this movie happened, I was just like, oh, who cares? He got cut by a by a laser sword. What, what does it matter? I'm so happy because it's just such a very obvious like. I defend a lot of things in Force Awakens. Like, yeah, that's kind of a ripoff, but that is the shittiest fucking. It's like the Emperor and the bad guy answers to him, but who is he? How powerful is he? Find out. No. Well, he was also He's huge bisected. in that movie. I, I almost thought that was the real him. <laughs> but uh, oh God, I was so happy it wasn't. Yeah, him. that's a good thing. Now, I will say I did like the way that Kylo Ren got turned to uh, to decide to cut him down instead. Because when he couldn't turn himself against uh, the Emperor initially and ended up killing his father Han Solo in the first movie, spoilers for that, I guess, it was like, okay, he's still very much under this sort of influence, but he had to make this sort of psychic connection with Rey in order to be influenced to say, oh, there is another way out of this sort of thing. And I, I like that. I, I thought that that was uh, really helpful to sort of inform his character a bit without him explicitly saying, well, I felt closer to you in my psychic communications than I did with Emperor Snoke or something like that. I think that would have been much more powerful if before uh, Kylo and Rey ever like mentally linked like that, we didn't have the scene where he doesn't shoot at his mom in the first like ten I minutes of the movie. I feel like that was like like because I know characters oh, are right, supposed yeah. to play a big part in nine. I feel like they were setting something up, and now it's never gonna pay. And off. like, I guess they was just trying to tease. Like, there's still some good in them. Like, and like, like, I again, we've talked a lot about show don't tell on this podcast, and I feel like basically everything in the Kylo Ren character arc, like at the end of the day, if you look at where his character was at the beginning of the movie and where he is at the end of the movie, is anything at all different that we know about him other than his job title? Did anything change in this movie? Was there really no, any development? The, I liked the teases and all that, but at the end of the day, we all know like well, Ray's not going to go to dark side, and he's. I mean, yeah, that that's concerned. and this is because the fans won't accept the guy who killed their dad, Han Solo. It's like no true. one's. It's the it's the know. problem with the fact that we know it's a trilogy. Like we know that there's not going to be anything that's that high stakes that happens in this movie, which. But it's fine. Like he's such but, a good actor. Like yeah. I enjoyed his performance enough. Like even in seven, when he's on the bridge with Han, there's a part of me. It's like, 
I know he's most likely going to die here, like 99%. But in his eyes, like, there's a chance in this moment. Because Adam Driver is really good. He had so much more to do in 7. Like, like you like oh yeah you can say that for like, a lot like of people, I, right? I mean yeah like Ray. but uh like with with kylo especially like he's very clearly the emotional fulcrum of the movie or or at the very least the emotional fulcrum of this like trilogy in that it's it's almost like an inverse of the original trilogy where you have darth vader who's basically this cardboard cutout villain that like ends up having feelings later and the heroes have to do all the heavy lifting which is, like, a great way to make a movie in 1976, or whenever it initially came out. 76, 77. right? 77. 77, okay. Yeah. Did you really hold your nose for that, or was that your goal? <laughs> no, that was, that was, I was just doing a voice. <laughs> okay, I was, I was hoping so. I should have given you credit. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but, like, you couldn't make a movie where Darth Vader was the bad guy in 2017. It just wouldn't work. Like you, right. you need the the emotional depth and the layering to like your your villains and movies today, and I thought they did a great job with that in the Force Awakens. And then we go into the Last Jedi, and basically Ryan Johnson's like, you already know he's this emotionally conflicted guy, so we're just not gonna explain anything that like he's thinking or doing, or or we're not gonna show any conflict in him. It's just like you know he's conflicted because you saw the previous movie, so just accept it and move on. Like I really didn't like that. I think that's I a wish this was the A plot. They had more time with it, more than anything. Well, all I wanted, if this movie was two hours of just those three characters, it might be one of my favorites. Honestly, like I wanted it so bad, not two hours on that fucking spaceship. I, I can, I just can tell that Ryan Johnson didn't care as much about it as the fans did, and I think that that is a real shame. Now, I've talked earlier, I mentioned as a joke that Breitbart didn't like it. I, I mostly mean like those weird conservative trolls online saying, I was like, oh, what is this, a, a black in space? What's going on here? Why, why'd you have to make the main character a woman? Makes me feel bad about myself. Why can't it be a man? I can't identify with this movie now. There's more to it than that. Uh, oh, here when, we when, go. I saw, when I saw Space Laura Dern turn her ship around and decide oh. to go full ISIS on oh, him, God. I was so like... That's why they didn't have Admiral Akbar do it. That's their, there's <laughs> one of those was just like, as soon as she got blown up there, and they, they played the silence. I The first thing I thought was like, are they doing the silent clock from 24? 24? <laughs> that's what I thought too! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, Zoe Quinn! Hey, hey, this hey. This character that no one liked. I guarantee you. I, seriously, I guarantee you. No one likes Space Laura Dern. Hey, no hey. one of any sort of critical <laughs> import liked Laura Dern in this movie. And they play the silent clock for her. They're just like, oh my god, she really did it. What a noble sacrifice. It's like, fuck you. Hey, hey Chris. How is that not Carrie remember Fisher, when, honestly. Remember when those other like four or five light speed capable ships all ran out of fuel and just fell away harmlessly? And they, used, they waited to use the last one as the giant space torpedo? <laughs> Oh, Here's a question. Why wasn't that why build a Death Fisher? Star? Holy shit! When all you have to do is just build a tiny spaceship, put a droid in it, and just launch it into hyperspace <laughs> against the fucking Star Destroyer. Hey, Chris, remember, oh remember, remember that scene when Poe caught Space Lara Dern draining all the fuel from her ship? Because if right. they jumped to hyperspace, they wouldn't have fuel to go anywhere and they'd be stranded. So she drains all the fuel into the escape pods and then just goes to hyperspace anyway. <laughs> I... 
how does that sort of thing happen? It just, it, that really does bug me. That really, really does bug me. And Everything. even better, even better, it leads to, like, all those people, all those, like, stormtroopers and stuff, they got killed uh, because they were standing up. And Finn and Rose survived because they were lying prone on the ground. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck you. Now, here's the thing I didn't know in theater, but our good friend in Discord pointed out. We're in space. Why doesn't the Star Destroyer just go up and then in front of them? <laughs> No, you don't understand. They have to go exactly the same speed, because that is apparently how like, space works. Like, I'm sure he pitched it as, and then it's like Mad Max, but with spaceships. But guess what? It's not. They were chasing I, them for Mad 18 Max hours. Like, Somebody couldn't just jump in and set up a fucking roadblock? I'm pretty sure Ryan Johnson thinks we're all idiots. To Tom Gleason, is like, alright, just keep chasing them. Sooner or later, they're gonna run out of power. Which is like, it's like doubly funny when you realize that for some reason their their cruiser had plot armor and was impervious to all shells from the entire yeah, Imperial fleet. Kept, Why didn't they just stop? But it kept Why didn't they just the sit there? Like, and it, the, all the bullets were bouncing off. I was like, oh man, I must have missed a line of dialogue because this doesn't make any fucking sense. Oh goodness gracious, Dad's potatoes. That that really did kind of bug me. And so, again, the, like the like the silence afterwards. <laughs> but the best part is the silence was punctuated by a girl two seats away from me. She was like, "Where's Luke?" <laughs> <laughs> That's chef. That would have made the movie for me. That would have bumped it up at least a point. Oh man, that's. <laughs> that's really great. Anyway, so they all go back to. I'm going to assume this was Hoth that they all go to. No, no, because we have that, that lovely scene where that guy in the World War I style trench licks the ground and says, Mmm, salt. <laughs> that was so fucking weird. So that, like, so that wasn't hot. was that? Uh, no, I can't remember the name of the planet. But it's, but it's a somewhere. snow planet in Star no, Wars. No, they bring in the, the walkers snow. and everything. <laughs> it somehow wasn't snow. <laughs> it's like Crimson Peak, but with like less artistry. <laughs> oh, can, can I just... Well, anyway... Uh, so they're, they're all holed up in there. I gotta tell oh, hold you. Hold on, hold on. I, I mean, there's, there's something I need okay. to say before we get to this. Okay. So, you just lost, what, like, 90% of the rebel, the rebel fleet and, like, all of your soldiers and stuff? You, <laughs> oh, you, you have, like, you have, like, what, maybe, like, 120 people that survived this? You had 400 to start with on 30 ships and, like, 25 of the ship blow ups. It like, looks like, like less than 100. Like, like less than 100. And your grand yeah. strategy, rather than chilling out in your impervious space bunker, is to form a fucking 1914-style trench against AT-ATs <laughs> and put all of your people in it? Is I this, don't know how that would defend against AT-ATs, but luckily, this, I only saw the trench like twice. I was just like, they're going to leave, I hope. This but, like, is, maybe, like, have, this is the worst kind of battle on both sides since Antietam. Like, <laughs> all Kylo Ren has to do is literally turn his ship like 45 degrees and he can just light them all up. It's fucking or, unbelievable. Or just step on them. They're big, like, creatures. They can just step on it. Like, hey, look at this trench. Did you guys also see Wonder Woman? Like, <laughs> check this out. We like we're laughing. We're laughing at Space Laura Dern's terrible, terrible plan. And yet, I'm pretty sure she's an infinitely more competent leader than Carrie Fisher in this movie. How is this your battle plan? Actually, you know all right, guys, we're gonna send 18 of you in the trenches against these 12 walkers. <laughs> the fucking no, guy I, I just like know. licks the salt ground. <laughs> what was their plan with those fucking ships, by the way, that didn't have guns on them? Uh, hey, Parker, uh, what was the name of that actress who played Mrs. Incredible? Oh. Got blasted with piss. Fuck, <laughs> Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Yeah, uh, how come Carrie Fisher sounded like her in this movie? 
Did Holly Hunter overdub it's called, her? called, like, three decades of cocaine and eight balls, my friend. Well, she really sounded like her, but either way. I, I don't want to make fun of someone who was inside of the grave when she made this. But, uh, wow, she sounded just like Holly Hunter. And you're right, Alex, she was not a very good leader. She had no charisma at all. Uh, anyway, so they're getting Not a lot of them. rousing speeches from... All right, guys, so let's figure out what to do here. And the force be with you. And they, had the, even, they even had, like, the little, oh, you know, ladies were talking. Oh, sorry. May the force be You go first. Oh, no, you go first. Oh, then Laura Dern gets oh, blown women up. Women be shopping. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they decide, yeah, we are getting our asses kicked. And the movie does do this well. Someone pointed out, yeah, the movie does a really good job of showing off the resistance. The rebellion are really getting their asses kicked. I was like... Well, they do a good job of it, but is that something we really wanted to see? Yeah, but I, like, I don't think it is. The takeaway there was like, yeah, they kind of deserve it. Like, like if this is well, the rebellion you're fighting, like, it, yeah, it yeah, please deserved. lose faster. Now, this is something that Star Wars has, in my opinion, always struggled with: is that the resistance slash rebellion is good mostly because George Lucas says it is, and the Empire slash whatever First Order is bad because. They say it is. And they don't have a whole lot of, like, their styles of governance. Like, okay, yeah, one of them blows up a planet, the other one doesn't. But, like, outside of that, and I know it's a big outside of that sort of thing, we don't see, like, the way that they're governing people, you know, closing trade off to other things, mostly because Brian De Palma edited that out of the first movie. But <laughs> it's, which I think was a brilliant edit. But it's mostly one of those things where you are supposed to sort of fall in line as, like, look, just go with us here. You don't need to know why they're bad. Just know that they are bad. That's not a problem. That's that's uh, that's it's ultimately a good thing. I mean, I said this is a problem with Star Wars. Maybe a problem for someone who has a bit of trouble keeping up. I would say. Uh, again, so showing the uh, the resistance slash rebellion over here because it's the same word, guys. Damn it! To show that oh they're really weak, they're really suffering. That doesn't make me care about them even more. In fact, I think I'd care about them a whole lot more if they had a fighting chance. Yeah, like I. I'm so fucking done with this whole storyline. I do not want more of it in episode 9. I don't care if the Resistance wins. Because as we've seen, it doesn't matter. The Empire just comes back. So what are we doing? Right. Well, apparently what we're doing is we're getting blown up in our secret space bunker by a miniature Death Star. It's a battering ram cannon. <sighs> it's a miniature Death Star. Oh, oh, that looks... Oh, God. yeah, that was... Oh, God. Oh, I Jesus. heard the I words remembered. miniature oh. Death Star and groaned so loud somebody three rows in front of me turned around. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did you groan louder for that movie. than you did the I was Ready quiet. Player 1 trailer? What's that? Did you groan louder for that than you did at the Ready Player 1 trailer? Because I think that's the loudest you and I have ever groaned. So I was pretty lit when we yeah, watched Wonder Woman, or not Wonder Woman, uh, Justice League. So I was probably something. louder, but I don't remember. <laughs> oh, we were we were loud. That was the loudest groan I think anyone has ever heard. So <laughs> I wish I was born in the 1980s. They're just like, ah! <laughs> but, uh, but for this one, it's, uh, that was really dumb. But what really got me is like they're sending out all their fleet to fight it. And I started to feel like it was a third act of a Marvel movie. Because there's a whole lot of fighting and stuff like that and not a whole lot of point to it. And they're going along and Poe tells Finn to turn around. And Finn must have been really inspired by Laura Dern. He's just like, no, no, no. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. I'm going right in there. And tried to go full jihad. And uh, Rose turns him away and didn't die i guess rose is okay i guess sure yeah whatever yeah, and somehow they are able to get out of the snow they the the uh the first order just doesn't blow them up right there <laughs> i guess just it just walks over her cockpit it just rushes over it's like oh what the hell was that 
I had him right there. I was going to run right into that cannon. <laughs> we had him right where we wanted him, guys. Him. <laughs> Perhaps one of the dumbest moments of the whole movie. As soon as he was going in there, I was just like, I, I, I was going to be mad either way. I was like, if you if you save him right now, I'm going to be mad. If you kill him off, I'm going to be even madder because Finn is one of my favorite characters in this whole new trilogy. Yeah, but also that would have given the movie at least any semblance of emotional stakes. If you're going to kill off Finn in this movie, then at least I have something to feel when I leave the movie. Rather than just like, what the fuck was the point of that? Like, oh, everybody with plot armor is totally fine, and everybody, literally everybody else is dead. Okay, cool, whatever. That really bothers me. Um, And then Luke Skywalker shows up. How? I don't, I didn't see his X-Wing in the, uh, in the water. I think I might have been writing something at the time. So I, as soon as he walked in, I was just like, how did he get there? Something's going on. And did he dye his beard? What the fuck? Uh, well, I think he did. But I uh, and that should have been a, another clue. But I was really happy that I guessed it. That he that was all an astral projection sort of thing. I liked it. I really did. Now the, the best part about it is he goes in there and Kyle Red is just. You can really tell the anger here. He's just like, I want you to fire every shot at this fucking asshole. And they do it. And. Like, this is one of the jokes that really fails. Like, you think you got him? Uh, ordinarily, that should have made someone like me laugh. And I didn't because I knew that the payoff was going to be, no, he's still somehow alive or whatever. And right at that moment, it would have been really cool if it wasn't an astral projection, just so how powerful this Jedi Master is. Because, I don't know, if you look at, like, the midi-chlorian counts, Luke Skywalker somehow off the track. I don't know. But... <laughs> Really, that, that would have been Parker, pretty Parker, what does cool. the scouters say about his midichlorian levels? <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a good fight. It was really interesting. There was a lot of, uh, a little bit too much talking in it. But overall, when it showed off that it really was just an astral projection, I liked it. I have to admit, I really liked it. I, I like almost everything with Mark Hamill in this movie. Well, Chris, I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but... Uh... Remember how the only reason they even looked for a secondary exit to that place was because, oh, Luke got in here somehow. Yeah, that, okay, that really bugged me. Okay, but that's (laughs) the thing that makes me like him so much is that he was the only one to make the characters think for a moment. They just walked in there and said, well, there's no way in or out. Just, we're not even going to look. We looked at the schematics from 50 years ago. I guess there's nothing. Wait, where'd the weird ice foxes go? No, the crystal critters. Uh, they were literally called the Crystal Critters, weren't they? I, Jesus I, I am, Christ. They're, they're going to be called that in like the official uh, lexicography or whatever. Well, I, I know one place we can't check for the real answer, and that's Wikipedia, which is full of horseshit <laughs> lies. Have you ever gone Cortana, to Wikipedia? bring up Crystal Critters. Go to Wikipedia and look up, like, uh, Darth Vader or something like that. The article Do- is, like, a million words. Yeah, and, like, 95% remember- of it's not canon. Remember when the EU wasn't canon anymore at the top of all the articles they put these like giant blurbs like well since Disney's decided this isn't real anymore <laughs> fucking owned it was on like 90% watching of the Sunday. nerds on the internet incredible. eat crow was my favorite thing <laughs> sorry your silly fucking paperback book isn't real anymore <laughs> sorry the spoilers are almost all bad <laughs> anyway uh, so he Mark Hamill I mean Luke Skywalker does in fact uh, pass on here uh, allegedly Sorry, what was that? Allegedly. Yeah, I get. I mean, he. You see his body fade away and his cloak just falls, which is the same. It's a fucking comic book movie. movie. We didn't see him die. Uh, He'll be a force ghost. He's gonna. That's the thing is, he's gonna come back as a force ghost. You know. At 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 the absolute least, he's gonna be a force ghost. Yes. 
Yeah. I did like how Kylo Ren's whole thing, all he wants is to murder Luke Skywalker. <laughs> it's just like, spoilers, I'm a ghost. I'm just going to haunt you forever and drive you slowly insane. I think that was my favorite part. Where It was basically the same sort of thing where it was like, if, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, if you strike me down now, I'll become more powerful than you can even imagine. And Luke says the same sort of thing in fewer words, and it feels a lot more powerful. Like, he doesn't want to be Supreme Leader just so he can be... You know, I'm the boss, I'm in charge. All he wants in this godforsaken world is to murder Luke Skywalker. And he can never, ever have it. This old, grouchy ghost is just going to follow around him and taunt him for being an impotent child. To be yeah, fair, if that were it. the next movie, I would probably see it like three times. Because that movie sounds good for it. Just haunting him on the toilet. Just uh, as soon as he's trying to take a shit. Which, by the way, that's, <laughs> that is exactly what I thought they were going to do in one of the uh, connection scenes with Ray and Kylo. Just have one of them be the shitter. <laughs> Dropping fat all I, could, all I could think of, of when you said that was the fucking scene in Austin Powers when Seth Green's just getting <laughs> indignant about why he didn't just go back in time and kill Austin Powers while he's taking a shit. <laughs> Kylo, who does number two work for? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I took a ba- I, t- I picked a bad time to take a drink of water. <laughs> hey, what was your favorite part of General Hux being a completely useless character used as a punchline? No, dude, we're, we're talking about Gleason. Last Jedi. Enough about the Force Awakens. I love Donald Gleason so much. It makes me so angry. I really? You have a, you have an opinion he, on him? He thinks like, this movie or the last one. I thought he had more to do in this movie than almost anybody, which... He, I mean, he had a lot to what? do, but he was also just an emasculated punchline. I mean, yeah, but... What, getting his ass kicked? Oh, great job. I mean, we could have had what? anyone do that. One of the only jokes I laughed at was when he went for his gun and saw Kylo Ren was still alive. Just immediately, like, nope. That was supposed to be a joke? Oh, we should, we should probably talk about that. This is, myself. this is something that the nerds are going to talk about, so we should probably do it, too. Um, when uh, when everyone in that room is dead, which, by the way, I thought that was a really good lightsaber battle. It was like the two of them going ham on everyone. Uh, probably my favorite scene. I, I thought it was, there, there was a lot surprise of no one. Yeah, I, th- I thought there was a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, when they both wake up, uh, they're, they're, they're like, oh, let's, let's team up. Let's be the super twins, and we'll go, which, by the way, I keep waiting for them to say, oh, Ray is actually his sister. But I don't know that they're ever going to do that. Um, I, I kept hoping that that would happen. And, uh, you know, oh, now we can turn Kylo good. And he did have his own third way. It's just like, let's just let's just hard reset everything. No more Sith, Jedi, Rebellion, First Order, nothing, none of that. Just you and me alone together. We'll just do something along those lines. And she still says no. So she still has her own convictions about things. I thought that was interesting, but now they still have to keep on fighting. And he was just like, no, now I'm still going to be mad forever because she, even she won't uh, be with me now, even though I, I turned against Snoke and he lied about it too. So I don't know that there's a whole lot of redemption for him, if any. I kind of like the dynamic because throughout the whole original trilogy, Vader's this fucking monster, but he always has to answer the Emperor until the last moment. And then just halfway to this one, he just murders him. Like, oh no, actually I'm in charge. It's me. It's only me. Spoilers, there's no last-minute redemption where we cry and talk about Han. Like, no, I'm the bad guy now. Suck a dick. Yep, there it is. But by the way, so both of his teachers are dead and he's already weaker than Rey. So what are we doing next, movie? Uh, well, I don't know. It'll, it'll come out next year and I'm going to have to see it. One of the things that I like about this movie, and in fact most Star Wars movies, prequel trilogy obviously excluded, is I don't think about these movies in terms of actors. 
I think about it in terms of characters. And even though I've said, oh, Mark Hamill comes in, or really that was played by Lupita Nyong'o or whatever, I'm mostly <laughs> thinking about the characters and thinking about, like, Finn. Like, that's the thing. It's like in any other movie, I would see Finn and I'd be like, wow, I wonder what character he's going to play in a different movie. Or, wow, Daisy Ridley should, uh, she should get any role that she wants in Hollywood. I'm never thinking about that. I'm just thinking about Ray, you know? I never think about the words Daisy Ridley. I always think about the words Ray. And I think that's one of the strengths of the movie is that it does characterization about as well as I would hope for a Star Wars movie. Yeah, like, even as bad as most of the Rebellion stuff is, <laughs> at least they bothered to give Poe to him or in a character. Oh, oh like, hold on. Love the hold the phone. Look, I'm not saying it's uh, good, but it's more than he does in Force Awakens. I don't. Yeah, I, I would. He disappears he, I would rather have him do literally nothing. I mean, I, I was like, like, like ignoring the fact that they decided to make him a sexist for no reason, which was like really bizarre and baffling. <laughs> that was like, fucking weird. It, just throwing that out for a second, like the fact that they they used him as human exposition for the entire second half of the movie and did nothing else with him. It's like, this is maybe the most charismatic actor, like, like on a baseline level you have in this movie. And then we have a scene where, like, the 12 AT-ATs are lining up outside the base, and it cuts to him, and he says, oh, the Empire's here? Or, or oh, the, the, the First Order's First here? Order. It's like, really? Like, we have yeah, eyes. We're sitting that. in Never a movie mind. theater. Like... I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, Alex, you say you would rather he... <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is... I'm getting over your sickness. Uh, you, you say you would rather he did nothing in this movie? So would all the people on the Rebellion who got killed as a result of his actions. See, like, like I at least... At least, like, like I, I... While I'm not going to ever say that, like, I liked anything to do with this character, I, there was at least an attempt at something there. It's like, he did this thing early in the movie, it backfired by the middle of the movie, he realized, oh, I fucked up. And then, like, they just kind of had to have him hanging around for an hour and a half with nothing to do. And so he's That's just, like... essentially what I'm saying. Yeah, he's just... So... I'm not saying it was perfect, but, like, they I tried. I don't know that there was an arc. I don't... Because... There, there was no arc. arc no, there was no arc. He would have learned something as a result of his actions. He would have learned, okay, I should have listened to Laura Dern's terrible plan all along or something like that. I don't know. But I, I don't think he's any better than he was uh, in the first movie. The, in, in the first movie, he was really good. In the first movie, when he came back from the dead, I was just like, holy shit, I'm so happy. That guy's back. And it's funny because... I'm so happy, I don't even care how it happened. Right. Oh, I, 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 wanted, him, I wanted to know. But literally, like, unironically. Like, you have these, like, little moments. Like, like when, when he's reunited with BB-8. And it's like, oh, it's like, he's so happy. it's like, oh, this is why, like, this is why everyone loved you in the first movie. And like, clearly somebody got that because they put this scene in the movie. Exactly. And yet they like, made you do the two and a half hours of other stuff also. Like, I'm nervous about J.J. Abrams making this next one, especially because it's being co-written by the guy who wrote Batman v Superman and Justice League. So, woo lad. Oh, no. But like, at least he'll have good characters together having fun on screen, like, I told you over text, the two scenes Poe and Finn have together, they seem more like friends than Anakin or Obi-Wan did for the entire prequel trilogy. Oh, absolutely. Their chemistry was just immediate. I like to think that the, the actor who played Finn is just good with everyone, because he was really good with Rey. Hell, you could have put him with fucking Ian McDermott. He probably would have had really good chemistry. But I don't know that I have the same confidence that you do for the next movie. I, I really don't. Well, and I, one of the things that really I'm, bugged me is... The ending scene in this movie, because Alex, I have 
I, I have a little oh, can I prediction s- here that you're not going to... Can think. I say one thing oh, before you get to the very last scene? Okay. I'm happy it ends with all of them on the Falcon together. All the characters you like, they're all together going into the next one. That's, yeah. Now, they're probably going to time skip because, you know, Carrie Fisher's there and Bazinga. But, like, going into the next one, all the people you want to be together are together. I get to watch Ray and Poe and just fantasize about their beautiful, beautiful lovemaking. And that's fine. But get to the worst, no worst fucking thing that I'm sure Alex loves. Alex, I I didn't read any of the Discord discussion, but I'd like to think that you felt similarly about this. When it cuts back to Casino Planet, and they have the kids there in that stall cleaning up after the animal, and they're telling their story, and. The kid grabs a, a broom, and first of all, it looks like the kid has a force because the broom that, flies to his hand. That was the point. I couldn't tell if that was intentional. That was the point. Uh, oh, that's that's. Oh god. Yeah. We'll get to that yeah. In a but uh, <laughs> but then he looks up and he sees them, and before that, we were told we are the spark that will ignite the flame of rebellion or something like that. And I think to himself, okay. What they're going to do here is they're going to go to other planets. They're going to say, yeah, we got to rise up against the first order, Kylo Ren. We destroyed a dreadnought. Isn't that cool? And the first thing they show us is those kids. All I can think about is beyond Thunderdome, where he goes to live amongst those feral children. Oh, God. It's just like, these are the kids who are going to help you? This is the, this is the initial spark. We're going to raise these kids, and they're going to be the spark for the rebellion. What an awful scene. Because it gets even worse than that. Even worse is, I bet that was added after test screenings. I bet Ryan Johnson showed it and everyone wrote on their test screen was like, what the fuck was the point of Casino Island? Apparently, apparently, the point of Casino Island was for Rose and fucking what's his name and Finn to go over there and like be nice to the kids and make them smile and free those deer rabbit space creature things and Benicio Del Toro, which I forgot to mention. I'll get something about him in a second here. Apparently it was just to put a smile on all the little children's faces. So, you, oh shit, I got to put that at the end of the movie. So see, really guys, there was a point for us to go to Casino Planet here. So... Just just to kind of prove that I was, like, trying to give this movie the benefit of the doubt the whole time through, despite hating it throughout, that last scene starts, and it's, like, you know, the little kids getting yelled at by, like, the, the bug alien guy, and it's like, okay, cool, you're doing a callback to Phantom Menace, where, like, the dude that own, owns Anakin is just, like, screaming at him. Like, it's like, all right, I, I see what you're doing. Like, I I like that you're trying to make this callback to a movie that nobody liked, but, like, had significance in this, in this like, chronology. And then he goes outside and force pulls the broom. And then he pulls out his fucking Dakota ring and looks out the sky. And I'm like, all right, just go fuck yourself, Ryan Johnson. Like, honestly. Yeah, the Dakota ring was too far even <sighs> for me. It's like, okay, I got it. That, I got that it, That was so stupid to me. And even worse was then when fucking that bug alien comes in yelling at them like Stromboli yelling at Pinocchio. Fucking ruined that whole <laughs> thing for me. And, and also, I forgot to mention this. Benicio Del Toro. Uh, so he sells them out, right? He sells them, he somehow gets the, uh, he somehow gets their, uh, plans. Again, never explained how he gets those. What happened to him? Eh, don't worry. He got his money. Did he get he killed? Left. Was he one of the people who was who standing cares? up? Did he get killed? Is he good? Speaking of this scene, I want to tell you how happy I am that we've been talking for over an hour and a half and no one has said the words Captain Phasma. <laughs> I hope she dies again in the Wait, next who's, one. Who was Captain Fat? Oh, was that Space you Lord? You don't... <laughs> no, it's the fucking chrome-plated stormtrooper. Oh, who who, who is <laughs> literally referred to as Chrome by John Boyega in a scene? 
<laughs> Call her Chrome Dome. Are you fucking kidding me? The fucking like witty, quippy so dialogue during that fight scene is maybe the worst thing I've seen in any comic book movie. Yeah, he called her Chrome Dome. Or when he, yeah. when he rose up and, and was able to like hit her in the face or something like that. And then he's like, oh, hell yeah. I'm like, come on. I think he was... Booyah! It, it, oh, sorry, it, wrong I movie. thought he was about to be like, sup? And that would have been better than just... I think he just said, like, hello. <laughs> like, he's a fucking Pee Wee Herman character. Oh, yeah, that whole scene was... It was when, something. When she came back in, I was just like, oh, her again? Really? We're doing this? At least they didn't waste Gwendolyn Christie on a terrible character and have her get murdered in an embarrassing scene. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Fucking Why would you so want a much. female villain in your movie? Well, you know. More old white British men. By the way, that's how you know that the Empire is the bad guys, because it's all old white people in boardrooms. Well, I mean, at first, in the original movies, I thought that the bad guys all had British accents, but then, you know, Daisy Ridley in this one. It's a tease. She's going to turn it episode nine. You heard it here I actually, first, I actually did think that she was going, like, the twist of this movie was she goes to the dark side or something like that. And then someone told me, oh, no, the twist is going to be uh, Luke Skywalker goes to the dark side. I was like, fuck out of here. And it was actually kind of closer. I mean. <laughs> he nearly murders his nephew. It's funny because, like, we're talking about all these phenomenally stupid Star Wars plot ideas. And, like, I'm not 100% convinced any of them would have been a worse movie than what I saw. Well, you know, there's there's that. At the end of it, though, I still don't hate it. With all the stuff I, I'm yelling about, just throwing out my voice, so trivia's going to whip ass tomorrow, I really don't hate this movie. I, I cannot possibly put the word hate on it. And again, this has been a very <coughs> love-it-or-hate-it movie. I lean more towards dislike, and I, I don't think that I could ever pay money to see this again. But if it was on TV... I wouldn't change the channel. <laughs> Look, the, 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 biggest, the biggest thing that you can say in this movie's favor is that it was nice to look at. And there's, some, there's, there's something to be said for a theater experience with a movie that's just very pretty and like clearly made to be put on a screen like this. I loved what they did with colors in this movie, by the way. I don't know if I brought that up earlier, but like, especially because I feel like every like big budget, like, action sci-fi type movie i've seen in the past three years has been like super pastel and this was like very red and very green and had like deep rich vibrant colors and i'm like oh yeah cool. like the red oh, good. So, really gr- so you also loved all of snoke's throne room scene because it was gorgeous it was oh, yeah. it absolutely was and that like low hum i loved it and i understand how somebody like like i understand the appeal of this movie to people that that want to go see like a movie theater movie <laughs> in a theater and like just really experience that part of movie making but this plot is fucking balls and like like there's so there's so much talent in this cast and all of it was squandered all of it was wasted the movie's entirely too long it desperately needed an editor and nothing happened we're like we're almost no different off than we were at the the start of the movie if you no, we had have less people now if you had put this enti- the entire plot of this movie into the, like, the scrolling text at the beginning of the next movie, you wouldn't have missed anything. You would not no, have missed I a single have, thing. I wouldn't have read about that Casino movie. It was one. utterly pointless. Like, I... I don't know. I, I, I just... I, I, I hate feeling like my time is being wasted. Like, I don't care if I'm seeing a bad movie that I, like, chose to go see because, like, I can have fun watching a bad movie. I, I walked out of this movie feeling like that was a colossal waste of my time. And, like, somebody cared so little about how to make a coherent story 
that you just wasted two and a half hours of my life. And yes, that's I'm starting thing. to get a hunch that maybe we shouldn't be giving these billion dollar movies to people who've made two movies. That's well, that is certainly a possibility. Uh, I will say this: I, when I wrote down that ninety percent of the movie was pointless, and this movie is like well over two and a half hours. The math says that I shouldn't like this, but I think it's not just, oh, I like the pretty lights and the noises and stuff like that. It would be a background movie for me, like a background noise sort of movie, and I can't say that's a good thing because I think that there is no greater insult to a movie than then to say, oh, it's a background noise movie. Yeah, this is a popcorn movie, but uh, <coughs> I mean, I don't think that I could ever enjoy this for you, like in a pay attention sort of way because as soon as you pay attention, it starts to fall apart. Could you imagine watching this on TNT when it took four hours. Oh my god. I would hope it would be edited. I... I, And the thing is, it wouldn't. I know that they wouldn't. Oh my god, it would be like four hours. It would be four hours on TNT. So, yeah. Earlier this year, I saw War for the Planet of the Apes, and coming out of it, I loved it. I was with the people on their journey. I was with all the characters. And the more I thought about the plot, the more all of it fell apart in my hands. And it's good to know, here we are again. I enjoyed it. I was like, you know what? There are a lot of things that didn't work, but I had a pretty good time. And in the span of 24 hours, the entire plot has completely fallen apart. And I literally cannot tell you if I recommend it or not. I need to go back. Not anytime soon. I'm going to give it a week or so, but man, a lot of conflicting feelings in my big fat head. Now, that being said, it's kind of the way I felt about Kingsman too. I walked out of there and I was like, oh, that's... Yeah, me too. I was like, yeah, that's all right. And then the more I talked about it with you, I was just like, oh, wow, it really is that bad. Oh, I can't believe it. And I, it turns out I really didn't have as much fun as I thought. Guys, we've been talking for almost two hours. I haven't had a, a, a bad time with that movie. I did not actively dislike it. I don't think it was good, but... I don't know that I would also call it a waste of my time. I don't, I don't know that I could say that I'm glad that I saw it. I, I can see all of the bad things. I can tell why people hate it. But I think my biggest mystery here is why do so many people love it? Because one of my good close friends, and not an idiot, this this guy's actually kind of, kind of bright. Uh, Jason Citation Cortez, he walked out of it, and he's a huge Star Wars fan. And he said it was the best Star Wars movie ever. And then he had to cool off and say, okay, fine, it's not. But I, I, I would like to know where your head is at to walk into a movie like this and call it immediately the best Star Wars movie ever made. Because right, I, I don't know how you could possibly be close to it. I have a theory on this, Parker. Cover your ears. Oh, no. It's like when you're dating a new person and... Uh, what? I don't know what uh, that said is. said cover your ears, dumbass. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's like when you're dating a new person and it's like fresh and exciting and like you really want things to work out. And so like you kind of like, like, like you kind of turn some flaws into positives and like you, you find, you find things to like about a person because you're having fun. And then like later on you realize, oh, actually I'm an idiot. I feel like Star Wars is that way for a lot of people. It's like a new Star Wars movie is like, you know, like getting a new girlfriend. It's like wow, this is really cool. I love this universe so much and I'm just so excited to like everything. And if you're going into the movie with that mindset, of course you're going to like it. Like, it's almost impossible to disappoint somebody who wants to be entertained so desperately. Man, you can take everything you just said and then put both of my viewings of Rogue One on either side of it. And that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, both of your I viewings? Like you watched that movie more than once? So much. 
uh, once in theaters and then once at home. And at home is where it all fell apart. Like, oh no, this is actually terrible. That's one of the ones where immediately I recognized, I was like, geez, I don't even remember anything as I was walking out. I was like, the least memorable characters and stuff like that. Now, speaking of uh, one of the things that led me to believe that, uh, or really just put my thoughts into better words, we're, we're waiting hard on that red letter media half of the bag review of this movie. I am very ready for it. I have a feeling that they're going to... I, I, Alex, you watch them too, right? Uh, very sparingly. Like, I pick my spots, but uh, I'm familiar. I think they're worth watching. I think they're I think they're uh, really good reviews. Oh, yeah, so, I, I think they're fine. It's just hard for me to commit the time to, like, sit down. And, right, like, yeah. I mean, I work a lot of overnights in front of a screen, so I have a little bit of time. Uh, I have a feeling that they're going to probably hit on the same points that we hit, but... Probably not as strong. I, I got kind of loud there screaming about it. A couple of things that really pissed me off. But, uh, I mean, this doesn't, for me, this doesn't ruin Star Wars. It doesn't come close to ruining, to ruining the original trilogy. But I'm also really good at ignoring bad points in a franchise. Like, for Indiana Jones, there's only two good movies. And I can very well ignore uh, Indiana Jones 2 and Indiana Jones 4. I don't need to think about those in order to enjoy Indiana Jones 1 and 3. So... I, I don't need to think about the prequel trilogy because the first three movies are still going to be good. I don't need to think about Rogue One because Force Awakens is still going to be an enjoyable watch. Like, Alex, when you watch Thor Ragnarok, we're like, man, this is really funny and all, but it just doesn't, you know, after seeing Thor 1 and Thor The Dark World, it's just not holding together for uh, me. This is the problem when you market your movie as a trilogy. Because, like, I would never think that way about a movie like Thor Ragnarok because... While there is, like, plot continuity, it's not, you know, we, we don't have, like, the beginning movie, the middle movie, the end movie, and you tie a neat bow on it. With Star Wars, we do. So, yes, what happened in The Last Jedi absolutely affects the way that I'll look at The Force Awakens, because they're intrinsically linked together because of the, the choice that was made to make yet another trilogy for no reason. If you just want to, like, shit out an endless number of Star Wars movies in a line and tell me they're all related and they, they occur sequentially, I don't have that problem because I can skip it. I, uh, I, I watched uh, Star Trek Beyond for the first time, like, last week, which is a, it's so a perfectly, it's like, I don't mean this in an insulting way, it is an adequate movie in every way. Like, everything about that movie is fine. I wasn't, like... Except the sabotage scene. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna talk about the Beastie <laughs> Boys scene in the fucking Star Trek movie. Thank you. But, um, like, it's the third movie in that series, the second one was bad, the first one was okay, it's almost definitely the best one of the three and like the fact that those three movies occur in the same universe with the same characters doesn't matter because you're not coming out ahead of time and telling me it's a trilogy that's why i was originally excited about the whole every other year having the side story just the anthology movie but now it's just here's something from right before new hope here's han solo here's boba fett like the idea of it like this takes place in this world but it's completely separate that's awesome i'm here for that but fuck, man. These same people. I'm so happy Luke is dead. I'm so happy I don't have to hear the name Skywalker ever you again. You say that, but I'm there so will be some sort of spinoff, mean, and you know it. Of course there will. Which is such a shame, because I, I feel like if you just leave him off and, and only bring him back as a Force ghost, please don't show me, like, oh, young Luke's adventures after episode six. I, I don't want to see that. Oh, you will. You will. It's, it's, well, you know. I'm <laughs> just in, on a downer note that nothing can ever be final. No, there, there is good news, guys. Uh, before we get into what we're watching next week, 
Any last thoughts about this movie? If you could sum up this movie in a pithy little back-of-the-box way, how would you do it? There are two plots. One of them I really like, and one is the drizzling shits. Alex, go ahead. If you're looking for a movie where interesting people get to do interesting things, watch literally anything else. <laughs> uh, plot, for me, plot B, mildly interesting. Plot A, it's so worthless that it's beyond worthless. It actively makes most of the time that you spent watching this movie worse than a waste of time. It makes you mad. Uh, anyway, so, Parker, the mistletoe is hung right above our heads right now. Oh, you we, we need a special movie for this holiday season. What is your holiday tradition? I mean, besides sitting inside with the crippling loneliness... I like to put on. That's a why movie. we're watching Frozen, ladies and gentlemen. I'll see you next week. What no, the fuck? Kidding. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna watch Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Kuzumo Senpa in my DeLorean. War's over. I'm a peacetime Mandalorian. Historian stumps. Star Wars historians deep in the faith, but they play at Benegas. Rhyme renegade. Show to penetrate. First and second defense. I won't hesitate. Got a job to do in dark. The guy the delegates got something against Skywalker. Someone he really hates. I don't give a fuck. I'm at your solo. For all I carry, could be hiding Yoda's dojo. Gotta make the money, credit's no good When the Jawas run a shop in your neighborhood Think you can cook, I got a grappling hook Let's make this quick, cause I'm really booked I'm a devious degenerate defender of the devil Shut down all the trash compactors on the detention level My backpacks, got jets Well I'm Bola, all the fat Well I bounty hunt for Java hunt To finance my vet Well I chill in deep space A mask is over my face Well I deliver the prize, but I still narrow my eyes Cause my time I don't like to waste Get down Get inside a slave one, find your home and signal From Endor to Hoth, Ripley to Spock I'll find what you want, but there's gonna be a cost Say my name is Boba Fett, I know my shit is tight So I'm acting right, yo, fuzzin' a carbonite Got telescopic sight, flame throwers on my wrist You still don't get the jet, spike boots are made to kick Targets are made to hit, you think I give a shit? Your mama is a bitch, I see you in the Sarlacc pit You just flipped my switch, integrity's been dead. You scratch it on my itch, you know I shoot the gear I got the bean and second tina's way to lick my lusty lips So I'll let you get back inside your little spaceship Give you a head start, cause I'm a sporting con Consider the starting line and sneaky smile, hot inside Hope you have hyper drive, drive. pay to stay alive Don't try to slip me five, cause I never take a bribe uh. To the beat of a different drama, bad bunny hunter Let no man put us under, or else they be put under As in six feet, got an imperial fleet Backing me up, gonna blow up any attempt to defeat They got a death star, got full payments on my car Handed over to Hammerhead, at most I see bar Used to carjack, and he's a bar back Just go to show how you can get back on the right track As for me, that's not an option, can't say that with more clarity Me going legit would be like Jar Jar in speech therapy My backpacks, got jets, well I'm Boba the fat, will I bounty hunt for Java Hut to finance my vet? Will I chill in deep space? A mask is over my face. Will I deliver the prize? But I still narrow my eyes. Cause my time I don't like to waste. Get down. Slice it open like a tom tom. Faster than the autobahn or a motor bike can Do the deed on them and gone. Java has a hissy fit. Contact a rissy in. Overcoat the flat on photo politic. It's legit. Back in the day when I was a slave. Living life in a fast lane like in a pod race. Mean streak tweak that became a basket case. So the space says, put that place. A cold black heart that's been torn apart The Sith wish that they had a dick so hard Cause it's long, long ago when the pussy far, far Call me master Cause I'm faster to pry on far I no longer have to hot wire I'm a hunter for hire with no plans to retire And all the sucker MCs can't call me sir